The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Pat Gray unleashed. I think we need to have a uh, an adult conversation about Donald Trump. Is that possible? <laughs> you think? Wait, it, is it, this America? Uh, yes. Then no. Okay. I'm sorry. I, I didn't think so. I just thought I'd throw it out there. Did you expect a you longer know, answer? See if it was maybe possible. Maybe <laughs> if we could consider it. But uh, you're right. We probably can't. Sorry. There's a lot of good. Mm-hmm. There's an awful lot of bad. And it's all happening at the same time right now. I mean, the the Trump news is uh, prolific today. There's a lot of it. Um, he's being sued in New York because he used Trump Foundation money to, to take care of uh, a situation that came up over his, uh, I, I don't know, I guess he was flying a gigantic flag at Mar-a-Lago and the city had a dispute with him and they're like, let's just settle this. And uh, how about if I donate money to this uh, fund? And they said, okay, sure. So he took money out of the Trump Foundation to donate the $100,000. Well, you, you can't do that. Charitable funds to pay off charitable funds. Yeah, a lot of tax problems there. A lot of other things at work that you, you just can't do that. Uh, he also, do we have the video yet of the, uh, of him with the North Korean general? My guess is it's probably, probably not available yet. They got it ready. Oh, you do have it? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's take a look at this because the media is making a, uh, they're blowing this out of proportion, taking it out of context. It didn't happen the way, exactly the way it's being portrayed, but still when you're president, you, you can't do this kind of stuff. Uh, here's what happened with the North Korean general. They're shaking hands. Uh, he's going down the line, reaches out, guy salutes him, he salutes, then the guy reaches out his hand. So what they did was, if we can stop there for a second, uh, look at this. Okay, yep, he's like, oh, oops. Yeah. So it's just an awkward moment, and that's where they stop it. Like, okay, I'm going to salute you while he's trying to shake my hand. Well, that just That's looks bad. Totally out of context. Completely. It was just this awkward moment where they were going to shake hands. Mm-hmm. Then the general thought otherwise. Then he thought otherwise. Then, okay. Uh, so It's the kind of thing that happens to me like on a daily basis, but cameras aren't following me around. Trump originally... And nobody appro- cares. Right, exactly. He approached mm-hmm. the general to shake yeah. his hand. Yeah. The, as the yep. general goes up to salute, mm-hmm. it was just an awkward thing and it meant nothing. He didn't bow to him like I, some I, people. I think the problem is an American president shouldn't be saluting at all a North Korean general. No, that's true. You know, so it's like the the Obama bowing to the Saudi prince or king or whoever he bowed to. He bowed to everybody he met. Um, and it, so it's just not, it's not proper protocol. Is it a huge deal? Uh, probably not. It's just... A matter of protocol and you know but i don't think he was approaching the general thinking i can't wait to get over that general so i can salute him not. and make america no look, absolutely you know, not absolutely not and, and, and that's clear from the video he's going to just shake the guy's hand yeah. too bad that didn't happen uh i wish it would have uh, but now they've you know they got cannon fodder again for the lot this guy's such an idiot he's seen 
He saluted a North Korean general, a brutal killer. And in this process with North Korea, they're going to be hanging out with brutal killers. There's no way around it. If you're going to talk to these guys and try to bring about peace, there's no way around dealing with brutal dictating killers. That's what they are. That's what they've been. We're trying to put a stop to that. So either you do that militarily and just wipe them off the face of the earth, which nobody is for, or you go through a diplomatic process. Well, now you're dealing with killers. Well, yeah. Yes. Yes, we are. Would you rather we have tensions remain high? Would you rather be at the precipice of war all the time? Would you rather have nukes launch? 888 Yesterday, we had a, a caller that was very optimistic. Mm-hmm. No, Actually, she tweeted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's Jules May. She tweeted, I remain optimistic that our country will find its way back to God despite the current state of lunacy we find ourselves living in. And then we proceeded to uh, share a lot more lunacy during the course of the day that it just seemed like, okay, you can't be optimistic now. <laughs> so we asked her to call in, and Jules is on the phone. Uh-huh. Hey, Jules. Um, welcome to The Blaze. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being optimistic. Are you still? Absolutely. Are you? Okay. Well, and I, what is I the... wanted to let you guys know I pray for you all every day. Bless your heart for Thank that. You. Thank you. We can certainly use it. Um, what is the cause of your optimism? Just a religious person, and and you're always optimistic. I won't say I'm always optimistic, but I try to to be optimistic, even through the darkest times. Very nice. Dark times in my life, and um, I've been pretty optimistic through it, and the Lord's got me through that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. think we're we're going to survive? We're going to su- survive this lunacy? Well, absolutely. Um, yeah. God is, you know, you know, the Lord is our God of hope. Yep. And um, that's what I rely on. And, um, you know, he promises that if we stay faithful to him, that, you know, he'll be there for us. Exactly. You know. But that's the, that's the big if, though. If we stay faithful, are we doing that? Well, I think the Christians are. Yeah. I think, and that's all that matters. Yeah. That, you know, um, this isn't our home here on earth. Right. Okay, heaven's our home. We know where we're going to be. Unfortunately, there's a lot of sinful people on this earth, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we get caught up in that. We, we, have to, we, we have to pay the price for their sin as well. But I, I know that the Lord has, you know, got our backs. Yeah. That I rely on. And, you know, your guys' show being on the air, I think, is a testament to that, too, because we still had a conservative voice out there. Yes. Now, once that goes away, then maybe my optimism will go away (laughs) as well. Well, I hope that doesn't happen. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, uh, Jules. That definitely, appreciate the call. That definitely uh, helps, you know, to have an injection of optimism during the day because, man, we get beaten down with this stuff on a daily basis. On an hourly basis, on a minute-by-minute basis. Yesterday, we had so much weird stuff, so much uh, disheartening uh, stories, so many of them that it was just like, okay, come on, we can't survive this. (laughs) Those days are happening more frequently. And they are, yeah. Uh, Yeah, sadly, they are. All right, well, I appreciate the optimism from Jules. Definitely. Um, Yes. I don't know, I think she said something that, like... uh, 
I don't know. What, what did she make the point about the, we're still, I don't know. I, I don't know. She made a point about something with God and how, you know, got to turn toward God. I think collectively, though, mm-hmm. as a nation, mm-hmm. no. Well, no. collectively as a nation, we don't seem to be doing that. Collectively as a nation, that's my problem is that, you know, that's my concern. We just keep going the other way, it seems. And uh, when you turn from God, bad things tend to happen. So Just try not to think about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> Let's pretend that as a nation we're not doing that. Yeah. And then we can, you know, continue to be optimistic and happy. And you know what? Maybe focus on your local community. You know, do mm-hmm. what you can in your local community. Oh, think, lo- think globally. Globally, and act, act locally. That's that's beautiful, so, powerful, and uh, that should be a Pat Gray bumper sticker. Yeah, but if each community, each you know, it starts like Glenn said this so many times. You know, focus on your home, your neighborhood, your town, mm-hmm. and then it branches out from that. You can't you can't solve it all in one big chunk. It's just never going to happen. And if you think the answer is in Washington D.C., you are so horribly mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the old thing that if you can't find anybody good to vote for, run yourself. Well, uh, that's <laughs> crazy talk. <laughs> Isn't that. it though? Yeah, Stop. no. That's what everybody thinks. I'm not doing that. Come on. That's yeah. ridiculous. You know what? Now that I'm you say that, that, I live in a very small town. Mm-hmm. And uh, the leadership there, not so good. Right. Running unimposed, all of them. See? So there we go. All that's right. What I'm telling you. So happy talk. Uh, that's what I'm telling you. Thursday. You know, one of the best things you can do is get on your school board. Get on your local school board. Hmm. That I mean, that has a, a lot of influence in your community. And you could really maybe affect some real positive changes in the propaganda that your kids are being taught if you just take that one step. But you got to be active. You got to get involved. And a lot of us don't even know what our kids are learning in school, let alone want to get in that involved to where we're on the school board. No, thank you. I don't want to <laughs> do that. Please, it's tough enough driving them to soccer and baseball practice. No, thank you. Nothing worth having <laughs> is easy, right? It's true. It's true. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. She's in Mexico. Uh, wow, are they having a problem? Um, say that, they yeah. get a lot of problems. <laughs> One of them is that in this campaign, in this political season, one hundred and thirteen politicians have been murdered Whoa. as in the lead up to the election. Wow, a hun- at least a hundred and thirteen candidates. Pre-candidates, current and former politicians have been killed. 300 more have suffered some other form of aggression since September. Um, As astonishing as this is, it's only part of the story. There's hundreds of candidates who have backed out of their races for fear of being killed. And many others who have curbed their campaign activities. They don't go out and campaign because they don't want to be killed. Mm. Poses a significant challenge to Mexico's relatively young democracy. Already crippled, of course, by uh, systemic corruption, widespread uh, violence. Violence is altering the profile of candidates, according to a security analyst, uh, Alejandro Hope, who sticks around the reckless and those who collude with criminals. The attacks have been brazen. Last month, several commandos went around uh, Ignacio Gar- Zaragoza. A town of less than 7,000 people. It's about 200 miles southwest of El Paso. They were burning houses and cars belonging to local candidates. They killed Liliana Garcia, who was running for town councilor. 
In a video circulating on social media, a large plume of smoke is seen coming out of a building in broad daylight while a woman weeps in the background. In another, you hear rapid gunfire on an empty street. Less than three weeks ago, Paula Gutierrez Morales, a local leader of the Institutional Revolutionary Party, or PRI, that sounds like a great party for Mexico, (laughs) in a tiny community of Guerrero State, was shot inside a public bus and killed in front of bus full of passengers. They just don't care. They're completely brazen. Now, some of these are gangland murders. Some of these are from uh, drug cartels. Some of them are rival candidates for office. They just have... And as bad as it gets here... It can always get worse. It can always get worse. Absolutely. And you just have to look south, uh, about 400 miles from where we are right now. And uh, you can see what it could be. I mean, your example was just down the road from El Paso. Right. 200 miles away from El Paso, Texas. And the thing is, this used to be pretty contained in Mexico. It's not anymore. It spills over into into the U.S. on a pretty regular basis now. They don't mind coming and killing a few uh, of their rivals here or people who've pissed them off and fled to the U.S. They'll come into the U.S. and kill them now. They'll kidnap uh, people like Phoenix used to be the kidnap capital of the of the planet for a while. Yeah. Why? Because drug cartels would go into Phoenix and kidnap people. So we could use a wall. I'm thinking we really could. Has anyone floated that idea? We should. Should put it like right if they between haven't. Mexico and America. Yeah. If no one's thought of that, write this down and let's get on this. That's a good idea. Okay. Except here's the thing: there's well, a lot well. of terrain that makes it difficult. Private ownership of land and the, well, I mean, that's eminent domain and it's best. You know, there's right, a lot no? of a lot of places where it'd be hard. Okay, well then it's it, just hard. Put it where it's not hard then. <laughs> no, just no. Can we get started on something? <laughs> no. We can't. Madness. I mean, even in this, this this was the battle cry of Donald Trump. (laughs) This is pretty much what swept him into office. And still, here we are, year and a half later, nothing. Yeah, nothing. They haven't started on it. They haven't even agreed to do it yet. 888-900-3393. Let me tell you about real estate agents I trust. These are some people that uh, you want to introduce yourself to. Because you don't want to have a bad experience selling your house. Or buying your home, for that matter. And we've got realtors that have been chosen based on their experience and their great marketing plans and the excellent character they have and the the good results they get for their clients. Plus, they're fans of the show. So you've got that in common with them. And to me, that's important. Uh, if you want to sell your house fast and for the most money... You certainly don't want to lose money on your home. You want to get as much as you possibly can out of it. And maybe you're waiting to do that before you can turn around and buy your new home. That's where realestateagentsitrust.com come in. If you just go there, we'll introduce you to the best agent in your town. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. CNN's Brooke Baldwin, uh, who was making sense last week, is back to not making sense anymore. Oh, so the world is you know 
Back in the balance. Back in balance. <laughs> so it's probably good, really, that she's not making sense because she very, very rarely does. And when she does, you're like, whoa, 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 what has happened here? <laughs> what has happened? Has the earth spun off its axis? What happened? <clears throat> so here she is talking about uh, women making as much as men in every sport. Here's Brooke. What do Serena Williams, Danica Patrick, Lindsey Vaughn, Ronda Rousey, and Maria Sharapova all have in common? They're all badass women, not on the list of the 100 highest paid athletes in the world. In fact, mm. not a mm-hmm. single woman is on that list. No. Not one. Oh my Instead, God. the men on Good this goal. new list out this week made a record $3.8 billion. That is up. 23% from the previous no. year. Uh, to be fair, one of the reasons cited, to team sports are exploding thanks to TV deals. But when you look at the individual level, I want you to look at these comparisons. Okay. Uh, Roger Let's Federer, $77 million yeah. to Serena Williams, 18 oh We my. need to start speaking up about this. We need to stand up right. for what we're worth. Right. Okay. Since she mentioned the huge gap between... The number one players in the world in men's and women's tennis. Let's just talk about tennis. Let's take tennis for a minute. First of all, the men are far superior skill-wise to the women. It's been proven repeatedly. It is not in doubt. It is a fact. It is not a sexist point in any way. It is a fact of life. By the way, the women on the professional tennis tour... Know this. From Serena Williams at the top all the way down, they all know it. So much so that back in her prime, uh, Chrissy Everett once admitted she was the number one tennis player in the world for, what, a decade? Between she and Martina Navratilova, one of the greatest, all-time greatest women on earth. That woman admitted that she couldn't even beat her brother at tennis. Now, Drew Everett, her brother, dominated Chris Everett on the court. He played in college at Auburn. He lost in the first round of the NCAA tennis championships. He never played on the men's professional tennis tour. Why? He couldn't make it on the men's professional tennis tour. He wasn't good enough. So point one, quality. Quality means something. You're going to make more if you're better. Second, men do more work. The women play best of three sets. Thank you. The men play best of five. (laughs) Third, (laughs) ratings. Much higher ratings on TV and revenue for the men. In fact, in raw numbers, the BBC just compiled these, these numbers. Uh, 395 million fans watched women's events on TV and online in 2015, the last time they did this survey. Compared with, okay, so 395 million compared to 973 million for the men's events. Is that a bigger number? It's a bigger number. Yeah, almost triple the number. Fourth, she cited Roger Federer's earnings at $77 million compared to Serena Williams' paltry $18 million. The vast majority, like 80 or 90% of Federer's earnings, came from endorsements, not tennis. 
advertisers hire people who help them sell their product. I don't know exactly why they decided Roger Federer is going to sell more soap than Serena Williams, but that's apparently what the decision the, the decision they've made. And maybe Serena Williams turns down endorsements. Federer doesn't. I don't know. Federer gets endorsements all over the world. Serena's probably more uh, American-centric in the endorsements she gets. You can't compare apples to oranges like that. I mean, this is a terrible report by Brooke Baldwin. Terrible. Fifth, Baldwin didn't even bother trying to whine about team sports. She mentioned team sports. Uh, but she knew she couldn't take that on because the disparity in skill level, revenue, and interest is so ridiculous between men and women's team sports. In a sport like, say, basketball, for instance, she knew better than to even try to sell that pile of crap. Now, back to tennis for a second. When it comes to the actual tennis earnings, women actually already make exactly the same amount as men do in the four major tournaments, Australia, French Open, U.S. Open, and Wimbledon. The winners make exactly the same amount of money. Plus three other tournaments, Indian Wells, Miami, and Madrid, all pay the same. And you could make a dang strong argument that they shouldn't make the same amount of money. And the facts apply to the other sports she mentioned as well. Racing, boxing, MMA, in virtually every sport. She did mention, um, she goes on to mention soccer. I don't know if we had it in that particular clip. But she claimed the U.S. women's team makes less than the men despite bringing in more revenue. Uh, Nope. The stars on the women's team are already paid more by U.S. soccer than some of the men. (laughs) They just just made a new uh, labor deal, too, that raises their pay for uh, players at all levels. In women's soccer. The women were arguing that they were paid less despite playing more games and having a better record. They won the Women's World Cup in uh, 2015. So they did have, you know, they had an argument at at one point. Because in certain years, they did better because they were better than the men. Uh, U.S. soccer argued that the men's team still brought in more money, including more lucrative TV deals and draws bigger crowds. That's it's tough to combat that. There's just more interest. So could we at least complain about something worth complaining about and make demands that make sense? Make some arguments you could actually win? I mean, that wasn't even researched or thought out. She was just flat out wrong on virtually every point. <laughs> Only everything she said there was was ridiculous and doesn't apply. Uh, let's go to Joe in Georgia. Hey, Joe, you're on the blaze. Hey, fellas. Hey. This is a little bit off the money topic because I don't think that there's a professional version of this sport. Oh, also, can Keith get the rim shot sound effect ready? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. There is a sport that women can beat men in. Is there? What is it? Curling. Like curling their hair? Is that, no. no, oh, okay, the curling. And... curling, but we didn't get to the punchline yet, Keith. God. Oh, Keith, that was so stupid wait, of you. Wait, wait, I've done nothing. All right, what's, what's the... The men won gold, I'll have you know. Why? Why can women beat men in curling? Why? They're natural-born sweepers. 
There you go. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Hope you was that, did I time that rim shot that perfectly? Was, it was. I wish it was a little slow the second time. All right, we'll set it up. Early. Set, set it up, set one it more up time. again. And, Here and, I go. And then deliver the punchline. Get punch the line. drum kit out. Go ahead. Here we go. Okay. Why? Uh, Why can they? Go ahead. Because they're natural born sweepers. <laughs> and you're welcome. There you go. All right. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Uh, have women and men ever played each other in curling? Is there a big disparity? In, uh, I don't That should be something know. that's pretty even playing field, I would think. Right? I guess. I, I don't. That doesn't seem like, you know. I'm not passionate about the pay of curlers in America or yeah, around the world. Yeah, that's because you're a hateful bastard. That's why. There you go. Okay. You nailed that. I know. I know. I always do. Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Now back to Pat Gray. On the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty-three ninety-three. Mentioned at the top of the show is you know, it's kind of a mixed bag on uh, the president today. He's you know, there's some good, and there's some bad. There's a lot of information about him and, and a lot of talk about the salute to the North Korean general, just not being presented exactly honestly. Uh, there's his issue with the charitable donation that he took from his foundation and gave to another charitable fund, which you can't do. Uh, there's also the way he's been talking about Kim Jong-il, which you know, seems to be lavishing some praise on him that's not deserved. He was talking to Bread Bear about it uh, the other night, and uh, here's some of what he had to Chairman say. Chairman Kim wants to resolve the problem because he knew that... We weren't playing around. I wasn't playing around. He's not playing around. We have a very, I really say for, you know, for a fairly short-term relationship because it was unbelievably hostile, the rhetoric. Rhetorically, it was unbelievably hostile. And I think we have a very good relationship. We understand each other. You know, you were asked in the press conference a number of different times and different ways about human rights. And, you know, that you called this relationship really good and that he was a very talented person. You know, you call people sometimes killers. He, you know, he is a killer. I mean, he, he's clearly well, he's a, executing he's people. He's a tough and, guy. Hey, when you take over a, a tough country, guy. tough country, with tough people, mm-hmm. and you take it over from your father, I don't care who you are, what you are, how much of an advantage you have. If you can do that at 27 years old, you, I mean, that's one in 10,000 that could do that. What? He used that line at the mm. at the presser thing afterward too. What, yeah, that, he what's did. This one in ten thousand. Where do you get that? Oh, just stop. one in ten thousand can no. Just about anybody could do it the way he does it. Kill everybody who disagrees with you. Thank you. Kill your brother. Kill your uncle. Uh, anybody who disagrees with you, they're in labor camps. You get them out of society. Look, only one in ten thousand wow. can take a country back to Turn the it stone upside age. down. Yeah. Yeah, that's what he's done. That's not talent. Mm. Come on. It's agonizing. It is. He just because because of his hyperbole, the way he speaks, um it's not conducive to talking about a guy like this. It's just not. And that's 
you know, if you're doing good things that he likes, then you're, you're going to hear this from him. If you're doing bad things, well, you're going to hear the opposite. It's going to be just as bad in the opposite direction because it's all hyperbole. And and the problem is, it's not real diplomatic. It's not kosher to be do for the American president to say this about a brutal dictator like that with 120,000 people of his own citizens in hard labor camps right now. People starving to death in North Korea. He's run the country, yeah, into the ground. Only one in 10,000 can do that, Pat. I think just about anybody could do that. Could run their country into the ground. Well, my president says otherwise, so whatever. All right. Yeah. Uh, So, uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough road to hoe when you're listening to that. <laughs> I know. Um, he, you know, there are human rights concerns, and you got to handle this a little more. I don't know, deftly, perhaps, as the president. And uh, he continued to speak to Brett Bear about the situation. Confident you can set up. I'm totally system. confident. And if we can't, we can't have a deal. I mean, we have to be. You know, it has to be verified. But one of the things that really I'm happy is that the soldiers that died in Korea, their remains are going to be coming back home, and we have thousands of people that have asked for that. Thousands and thousands of people. So many people asked when I was on the campaign. I'd say, wait a minute, I don't have any relationship. But they said, when you can, President, we'd love our son to be brought back home. You know, the remains. And I asked, we, we had pretty much finished, and I said, would you do me a favor? The remains of, of these great fallen heroes, uh, could we do something? He agreed to it immediately. It's pretty great. It's pretty great. Um, also, <laughs> the parents of the fallen soldiers in North Korea were asking him for that on the campaign trail. Mm, how old are these parents now? Like 120? Do you know how old the parents of fallen soldiers in, in the Korean War would be right now? I, I mean, is it possible that happened once or twice? Maybe. I don't know, but not thousands of times. <laughs> Again, the hyperbole, <laughs> the exaggeration. The parents of fallen Korean soldiers. Uh, wow. To be old enough... Okay, let's let's noodle this out. To be old enough to have fought in world in in, in the Korean War in 1950, it, let's say 20 years old, probably. Sure, sure, we'll do that. So your parents are, let's say, 40 at least, right? Your parents are 40 at least in 1950. So you add 50 years to 2000. That's uh, the 90, and then you add another 18. Yeah, they're close to 120, actually. Nice job. <laughs> they're close, pretty close to 120, these parents that are, uh, these thousands of... But not quite. I mean, but not, not quite. quite. They're like one, 115 one, to 120, yeah, so, let's say. I mean... So, it, <laughs> but again, it's just, it's the way, it's the way of Trump, right? And we've just come to either accept it or, or you don't. And uh, and you just have to accept it because he's going to be there for a while longer. Uh, so, put that in your bless pipe. his heart. Put that in your pipe and smoke <laughs> it. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And because of his efforts, though, here he's actually somebody nominated him, and, and it's uh, anonymous. But somebody nominated him for a Nobel Peace Prize, and of course, the press is having a fit about that. I mean, 
you didn't have a fit about Barack Obama being nominated and winning it. So nominated long before he even became president and had done anything. And then he won it, what, 10 days into his presidency? When he he had literally done nothing for peace. Nothing. Uh, And there's been a lot of really bad Nobel Prize recipients over the years. Uh, Let's go back to 1912. Elihu Root was awarded for a bunch of different mini achievements. A decade earlier, though, he'd been investigated by a Senate committee for overseeing the brutal repression of the Philippines independence movement while Secretary of War and the country remained under U.S. jurisdiction for another 30 years. Ah. Aristide Briand in 1926, French foreign affairs minister, he received the prize for spearheading the Locarner, Locarn, Locarnar, no, treaties. Have Tom treaties. He spared the Locarno treaties. Treaties fixed the location of uh, Germany's western borders, but left its eastern borders open to arbitration. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the guy (laughs) who gave us World War II. Who gave us World War II. Essentially, he won a Nobel Prize for peace. (laughs) Then there was uh, Frank Kellogg in 1928. U.S. Secretary of State co-authored a treaty in which leaders of all major powers agreed to renounce war. Seemed like a good idea at the time. World uh-huh. War I was still rel- relatively fresh in everybody's mind. Uh-huh. But now it's regarded as kind of a joke because just a few few years later, Germany violently expanded its borders. Oops. Um, Karl von Osetsky in 1935. Um, the right guy got the award, but the committee itself acted shamefully, apparently. He was a writer and pacifist. He helped expose Germany's secret rearmament in violation of the Treaty of Versailles. Two members of the Nobel Committee resigned over the decision, and Hitler had him arrested and shipped to a concentration camp. Wow. Wow. Uh, Nobody won it in 1948. The rules of the prize are kind of weird. There's a provision for not awarding the prize when no one meets the criteria. (laughs) Nobody was peaceful in 1948? That's interesting. Uh, 1948 was an instance when there was an obvious candidate who was somehow ignored. That year, Mahatma Gandhi led India's nonviolent movement for independence. He was assassinated. He'd been nominated 12 times previously, but shunned. Another Nobel rule says the recipient must be alive, and the committee didn't see fit to make an exception in that case. So when they could have given it to Gandhi, you know, the guy that we consider the most peaceful person in, you know, the last century, maybe, uh, he never won a Nobel Prize. In 1973, Henry Kissinger and Lee Doc Ho won the Nobel Prize, despite the fact that earlier in the year, the U.S. secret bombing campaign against Cambodia, which killed hundreds of thousands of people, headed spearheaded by Henry Kissinger, um, had been revealed. And he won the Nobel Prize that year. Then there was Yasser Arafat in 1994. I mean, enough said, right? Yasser Arafat won a Nobel Prize? When I think peace, I think think of... You think of the leader of the PLO. Chairman Arafat. Right? I mean, you think, okay, the guy, first of all, was a snappy dresser. We all know that. Yeah. 
Uh, and secondly, <laughs> he led the PLO to kill how many people? Uh, so why not give him a Nobel Prize for peace? It's pathetic. Kofi Annan and the United Nations won it in 2001. Oh, that's sweet. Uh, if the UN seems feckless today, uh, one can make the argument that Anon expedited its decline when he was investigated in 2004 for improperly steering Iraq arms for food program contracts That's right. to his son. Remember that? Yes. Uh, he was technically cleared. It still indicated that Anon may have initially misled investigators about contacts he had with senior executives at his son's company before they won the UN contract. Just, just unbelievable, man. Uh, Wangari Muta Mathai in 2004. I'm not familiar with him. Oh, you don't have to act like you're not familiar with him. No, I'm, I mean, I'm not familiar with don't. him. Uh, he was a lifelong democracy and environmental activist who helped advance political rights and sustainable development in Kenya and East Africa. Yet, she maintained odd views about the origins of HIV. Like many others, I wonder about the theories on the origin, nature, and behavior of the virus. I understand that there's a consensus among scientists and researchers internationally that the evolutionary origin most likely was in Africa, even though there is no final evidence. I'm sure that the scientists will continue their search for concluding evidence that the view, which continues to be quite widespread, that the tragedy could have been caused by biological experiments that failed terribly in a laboratory somewhere can be put to rest. So she was buying into that conspiracy theory uh-huh. that AIDS was created by what? The U.S. military, probably? Uh, All I, think- I can hear is Jeremiah right? Government's lie! Because he's the guy who talked about that. And the chickens came home to the roost. The ch- chickens came home to roost. Yeah. Then, of course, uh, the piece de resistance of really bad Nobel Prize recipients, Barack Obama in 2009. He himself suggested he wasn't deserving of the award. Duh. I mean, what a moment of humility for that man. Uh, incredible, right? Because I've never seen him even come close to that. But that was so absurd, so completely ridiculous an award that even he oh. had to say, I, I don't know that I really did anything for this. Hold on. Someone go check. You know? Have, 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 have uh, the seas stopped <laughs> rising? Okay. Just, okay. He can have it now. All right. Uh, let me tell you about something that has really helped out um, for me every day. And I'm not Mr. Health Food Nut. I'm not a guy who eats a lot of vegetables and eats right every day. That's why Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition is so important in in my diet um i gave it a shot it it absolutely tastes great and i just feel better i have more energy during the course of the day every scoop gives you a full serving of organic fruits and vegetables pre and probiotic boosts your immune system antioxidant power all of that so you just take a scoop and put it into eight ounces of water drink it down it'll taste like kool-aid it's really it flavors the drink or you can put it in a shake or smoothie and it's really easy, tastes great, and you're going to feel better. Go to BrickHousePat.com, try Field of Greens today, and get 10% off a month's supply when you use the offer code PAT. It's BrickHousePat.com. Pat Gray Unleashed.
on the Blaze Radio Network. to call what's happening this weekend a pop-up museum the work that has been done for this museum is so far beyond pop-up they really remodeled the studios here yeah it's it's pretty amazing there's new walls there's new hallways there's completely different look here it's uh really cool and you can sign up for a private tour there's still time it's uh this weekend Father's Day weekend starts tomorrow. Goes on Saturday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. <clears throat> Doc Thompson is doing a tour tomorrow uh, starting at noon. Glenn's tours are Saturday at 8 in the morning and 9 in the morning. Uh, Stu and Jeffy will do one Saturday at 11.30. Jeffy and Brad, Saturday at 5.30. Um, I won't be here, though. Well, I, I'll be here for a little while on Friday, so... If you're here on Friday, I'll definitely uh, make it a point to see you. Uh, but the rest of the weekend, I'm going to be on vacation. Uh, David Barton will also be doing three private tours. Friday at 2.30, Saturday at 7.30 p.m., and Sunday at 3.30 in the afternoon. Also, you can just get general admission tickets if you want. Um, but this is going to be really cool. There are a lot of fantastic items this year. From uh, all kinds of Abraham Lincoln paraphernalia, handwritten things, items from him, uh, you know, the Gettysburg Address. um, That is awesome. Just really cool stuff. I want to see the Calvin Coolidge letter. That's just my personal. I'm looking forward to that. There's also a a letter to who? I don't know. I just saw Glenn was flipping through it today on on radio there. There's 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 a guillotine out front. So oh, yeah. that when you walk in. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, you normally don't want to see that when you uh, enter your workplace. Uh, <laughs> it's probably a bad omen. Right. But uh, understanding the context, uh, right. part of a museum. I mean, how many businesses get to put up a guillotine I mean, in uh, in their studio? And uh, That's a good way to send a message to the employees. It kind of is. So, so act up and <laughs> here's what uh, can happen. Uh-huh. Very effective. Yes. I haven't seen anybody act up today, so it's <laughs> working. Fair point. It's definitely working. Fair point. Uh, you know, I um, I was taking a look at some of the stuff out there. This thing is, seriously, we are underselling it. It, it, is, it is really cool. Um, I cannot wait to bring my kids up here and have them see this stuff. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's a great collection. So we'll see here this weekend. It's worth coming, I mean, from Maine. That's the furthest place I could think of. It's the furthest place you can think of? Yeah, okay. That's okay, better. it's worth that's coming far. from the, Russia. It's uh-huh. it's worth coming here from uh, Mong- Outer Mongolia. Huh. And so uh, book your tickets. If like, you live in Outer Mongolia and you're listening to the show right now. Is that a big rivalry, though? Outer Mongolia and Inner Mongolia? Like, do they have like Yeah, they're a, pissed at each other. Clash? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's also a, you know, uh, Genghis Khan kind of thing. Oh, no. Or as... Uh, as uh, John Kerry would say, Genghis Khan, 
in fashion reminiscent of Genghis Khan. Right. Uh, and I think that left a bad taste in some people's mouths. Huh. So, yeah, there's something there. So, Inner and Outer Mongolia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, we're still waiting on this big report, the Inspector General's report, uh, to actually be released. What we have so far is just a report about the report. It was leaked to somebody. <laughs> right. And they have told us now what's in it. And we'll see if that's actually what's in it. Chris Strom of Bloomberg News is reporting. These are the conclusions. So we'll see. Number one, Comey's actions in the Clinton case departed clearly and dramatically from FBI and department norms Hmm. and hurt the perception of the FBI, but they weren't the result of political bias. Uh, Okay. What were they the result of? I'd like to know. Specifically, it was not Comey's job to publicly proclaim what a reasonable prosecutor should do in the Clinton case. The FBI is supposed to investigate while the Justice Department makes charging decisions. Uh, Number three, texts between uh, affair having FBI officials Peter Strzok and Lisa Page did have political bias. But the IG found no evidence that improper considerations affected their investigation. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> really? Okay. So they did have bias, but that bias didn't result in anything bad happening in this investigation. Is that what we're supposed to believe? <sighs> How does this kind of stuff happen every single time? I mean, it's unbelievable. There is never any bias on the part of anybody on the left. It's or or if there is, it didn't affect what they did. That's just crazy. Uh, Michael Horowitz, the Inspector General, writing the report, is an Obama appointee, and when he first announced he was reviewing the DOJ and FBI's actions, all the way back in January 2017, many Clinton supporters were excited because they hoped he would take Comey to task for actions that they felt improperly affected the presidential election on behalf of Donald Trump. So they were excited because, they're okay, we're going to see that they messed with this election on purpose to help Donald Trump. However, now we live in a world where Comey is a huge critic of Donald Trump and an important witness in special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation of whether the president obstructed justice. So their excitement has been tampered a little bit, tempered uh, and tamped down quite a bit. Uh, Even though Horowitz's report isn't about the Russia investigation at all, uh, it will be released in a political context, dominated by both Mueller's probe and Trump's attacks on his Justice Department. Indeed, Trump has recently signaled that he's eagerly anticipating the IG report too, since it was expected to criticize Comey and he's trying to undermine Comey's credibility. He he has mentioned that a few times. That, uh, like, what is the delay here? Hurry up and release the report so we can see what a bad guy Comey is. Are they watering it down? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's taking so long? Right. <laughs> and I, I don't know that it's going to help either side all that much. Based on what we see here, it doesn't look like there's much to it. Yeah, it's getting presented hmm. to Congress. Uh, what time this, is it supposed to be? I, I don't have the time on that. I just keep seeing right. reports of this afternoon. This afternoon. 
So if you've been excited for the IG report, uh, today's the big day. And uh, we'll let you know as soon as it comes out. Although, is it going to shed much light on anything? I don't know. I kind of doubt it. Uh, But the president's eagerly anticipating it. And uh, interestingly enough, the other side, the left, is also eagerly anticipating it. They still want something to come out that proves the collusion between Trump and the Russians. Although that's not going to be in this, they say. 888-900-3393. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. And welcome. 888 And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter from Struggling Lumby. Uh, this is about Brooke Baldwin from CNN who was trying to uh, trying to say that women should make exactly what men make in, in sports. Uh, she says, Brooke, honey, sweetie, pumpkin, boopy, pudding, pop, sugar hips. Oh, that's Shut up. Oh, that's a good one. I yeah, like that. That is good. Shut I like up. that. Uh, and, a, and a very good point. Uh, from Tom, we can't see the IG report until every government department sees it and make and make changes first. Uh, we the people get crapped on again. And that's probably true. Uh, from Mike, I can't believe what I just heard. Pat had the unmitigated gall to claim Obama did nothing to earn his Nobel Peace Prize. Obama recited the oath of office, didn't he? Oh. Yeah, he... That's true. I had forgotten enough. I had forgotten about that. Plus, he was the first black president. That's enough right there. We're done. It's enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to muck and fudge, foreigner will get a Nobel Peace Prize before they get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. The Huffington Post just published an article titled, and I love this. This just makes my day uh, so bright. If you really love LGBTQ people, you just can't keep eating Chick-fil-A. Shut up. Written by Noah Michelson. He's an openly gay man. He argues that Chick-fil-A is homophobic because its president, Dan Cathy, has a traditional view of marriage rooted in his Christian faith. Good gosh. I, I mean, does this ever end? Do we ever get an end to the absolute madness? Uh, no. Michelson claims the chain is also funding so-called anti-LGBTQ groups, such as the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Oh, yeah. What haters they are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jeez. Heaven help us, please. I mean, literally, heaven, please help us. He said, if you care about queer people or you yourself are queer... You have absolutely no business eating at Chick-fil-A, ever. It's really that straightforward. Who the hell are you to decide for people where they can eat and where they can't eat? <laughs> are, are you the king of the gay and lesbian people? I, I don't think so. 
these these gay Nazis that are declaring that you can't eat at Chick-fil-A, I'm sorry. Uh, screw you. That's just, I mean, what unbelievable audacity to think that they can now dictate to the rest of humanity that eating at a, at a Christian-owned restaurant is immoral somehow. And that's what he claims here, that it's immoral to eat there. Um, these are the this is the restaurant that uh, opened on Sunday, which they never do. They're not open on Sunday. There's another thing that uh, uh, I guess they do that's so hateful because they're Christians, so they're closed on Sunday. Um, but they opened up on a Sunday to give free food to the Orlando shooting blood donors, the people from the Pulse nightclub who were killed there. What were there? Seventy of them or something. How many people died in that? 52 people died, but I think there was about uh, two or three dozen more that were injured badly. And it was a, it's, it's a gay nightclub. Uh, Chick-fil-A opens up and starts feeding people for free because they're donating blood to the victims. They never open on Sunday. Unbelievable, man. And they opened up out of the goodness of their heart in the community. Who cares the, the sexual orientation of the victims? Mm-hmm. Seriously. And... Hollywood Chick-fil-A held a fundraiser for LGBT youth. <laughs> what? Yeah. And Wait, the hateful Chick-fil-A in California? Yes. They in Hollywood a fundraiser for uh, gay youth. Okay. Well, transgender youth. It's not computing here. Hmm. I love Dave Rubin of the Rubin Report. He tweeted out yesterday a picture of him at a Chick-fil-A. And he said, hi, I'm Dave. I'm married to a dude and I eat chicken sandwiches whenever I want. <laughs> Good. I love it. Thank you, Dave. Thank, Thank you. you, Dave Rubin. That is so great. <laughs> That's a funny picture. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but he's on the right now, kind of, right? I mean, he he was far left. Gosh, he was with the uh, young Turks. the Young Turks, yeah. who are I don't know, uber left, psycho communists, psycho left. Yes. And now and now he's kind of on the right. Pretty much, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's coming up we here. Actually, we did the show with him, yeah, the News and Why It Matters, just mm-hmm. last week or the week before. He's hanging out with Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro. So And that Glenn Beck cat? Oh, boy. <laughs> See, now you had to do that. Uh, yeah. I was trying. I had to destroy his credibility. I was trying mm. to give him some street cred on the right, <laughs> and you just blew it out of the water. <laughs> uh Michelson insists Chick-fil-A looks down upon uh, gay people as undeserving. He said, it sucks that we can't have waffle fries, but you know what sucks even more? Not having equal rights and contributing to the profits of a company that wants to ensure you never do. You already do. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Even if they opposed gay marriage, even if the CEO, Dan Cathy, donated money uh, to traditional marriage causes or a, against a group that was fighting for same-sex marriage, uh, he lost that battle. He lost. And you have the right to same-sex marriage, so what's the problem? Don't worry about it. Who cares? Move on. Seriously, it's just un... I mean, this, the guy believed in traditional marriage. He didn't think that gays should be rounded up and killed. He didn't say anything hateful about any homosexual at any time, anywhere. If he did, let's see it. Let's see it. I thought that the LGBTQIA plus movement was all about inclusion. It was about diversity. What happened to your worship of diversity? 
Because it seems now that everybody has to have the same viewpoint as you do. Where's the diversity in that? Where's the inclusion in that? And again, you know, even if he did uh, differ in your point of view from your, dif- it, he lost. And you, you have the right to marry whoever you want. You have the right to love whoever you want. We don't care. I don't care. So why do they continue this vendetta against Chick-fil-A? It's just absolutely bizarre. There's something else going on there. You know, it's, and it's not his hatred for them. It's their hatred for him. He has a differing point of view. They can't change his mind. And so they want to drive him out of business. They want to punish him. If he won't cave in and say, okay, I accept what you do. I agree with what you do. I'm glad you're doing what you do. I support same-sex marriage and whatever else you believe in. If he won't do that, uh, they're going to punish him. This feels like an anti-Christian attack. It's an anti That's exactly what it is. It's an anti-Christian thing. And I honestly, this latest uh, charge at uh, Chick-fil-A, I don't know what the genesis of this one was. But I'm just wondering if it had anything to do with the gay wedding cake story coming up uh, yeah, that just might, came out. Maybe, maybe maybe they're just like you know we're gonna force somebody well, to somebody, do something. Somebody tweeted something about you know a sandwich they just had, and then they got attacked. Hey, you went to Chick Fil A? Oh, that's true. Oh yeah, I forgot. That's right. I'm not supposed to go to Chick Fil A. That's right. And then uh, somebody was it with the Detroit Lions. Was it you that was telling me this story, or was it Jeffy that one of the Detroit Lions? Wow, thank you for, went to Chick-fil-A, for that comparison. Appreciate it. Went to uh, <laughs> went to Chick Fil A and was eating a sandwich and tweeted about it, and the people jumped all over him. Hey, what if I? Uh, what if Chick Fil A supported slavery? Would would you go then there? And he tweeted back out, uh, "Sorry, chicken too tasty." Oh, I see this now. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it was. Uh, what was that? Justin Durant of the Detroit Lions? I think that's who it yeah, was. Yeah, linebacker. <laughs> Sorry. Chicken too tasty. What a brilliant response. Not getting into the politics of it. Not going down the slavery road or the homosexual road. Sorry. Chicken too tasty. <laughs> and that's, isn't that what it is with Chick-fil-A? Yes. Their chicken is too dang delicious. And I'm going to continue to eat there. <laughs> <laughs> There's several tweets from him on this, by the way. I love that. Are there? S word is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell some of y'all never had that Chick Fil A lemonade. <laughs> I could tell some of you never had that. It's true. Chick Fil A not even open on Sunday. How people shocked that that owner feels that way. <laughs> so people not gonna get best chicken sandwich and lemonade on the planet because of a personal belief word. So, and then the one chicken too so, tasty so perfect and he's right yeah. the chicken too tasty the lemonade too tasty and i'm gonna add the milkshakes that's true way too yeah, tasty those little chocolate bits get stuck other in than the, the homemade ones from my wife chick-fil-a makes Aww. the absolute best look at you uh milkshake on earth mm-hmm. so other than other than, other than my wife's. Yes, okay. She's pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. And many other things as well. Okay. 888-900-3393. Uh, this is kind of a fun story, too. The Pink Pistols, nicknamed the Gay NRA, although they're not associated with the NRA in any way. But they've become one of the fastest-growing gun groups in the U.S. Its growing membership now numbers eh, right around 10,000. 
rubbing elbows with the, with uh, conservative gun rights groups. Um, and, you know, obviously people like this guy from the Huffington Post are going to be pissed off about that. But what happened was the Pink Pistols uh, decided, hey, if people are going to go into like the Pulse nightclub and gun down 52 people and kill them, uh, maybe we should be able to do something about that. And it makes perfect sense. In a report highlighted by the New York Post, Australian journalist Patrick Abood traveled to the U.S. to find out why LGBT people who generally align with leftist political positions are increasingly embracing the Second Amendment. You know, they, something they can't understand in Australia because they banned guns and they confiscated guns. And Australia and the UK believe everybody else on the planet should as well, even though it hasn't helped in either of those countries. Uh, he said, I would never have thought I'd see LGBTI communities siding with incredibly conservative right wing pro gun advocates that have been publicly homophobic and transphobic. Eh, shut not? up. Sh- in what way? In what way homophobic? One of the turning points for many in the community, Abood found, is the mass shooting by the radical Islamist at the Pulse Gay Club in Orlando. That resulted in 52 people dead. So smart people in the community said, hey, what if we protect ourselves? How would that be? That's a very uh, intriguing story, and I'm glad to see when any... um Right-thinking American takes advantage of their Second Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a little concerned, uh, curious, I guess, is the word. Um, you went with, uh, the, the story says, uh, a quote from LGBTI. Yeah, they, so, they left out, they hatefully okay. left out Q uh-huh. and, and a. a. And a plus right? sign. And, and the infinity plus. Infinity or whatever. And the, that's a good point. So this is just lesbian, gay, bi, trans, and intersects okay. without the queer yeah. or the asexual. Is there like an AP? Is there like a new AP style huh. book that's been updated that tells us when we can do the LGBT and the Q and that? When do we do which letters? What, what's intersex? That's, uh, um, we'll talk after class. Yeah, well, yeah, we're okay. kicking into that as we're about to go into earwax. There's only so much Just, we can uh, <laughs> we can do at this point. I'm serious. All right. I don't know what it is. Oh, you are so stupid. And I apparently I am. What serious. are you, a homophobe, an intersex phobe? Is I that mean, what you are? That's all that could be. Wow. I, that's, yeah. I'll bet you eat at Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. I see. I'll tell you, I do. Are you the wax whisperer, by the way? Uh, we, we just got our new graphics package in. And yes, actually, I am. This is wow, those uh, are high tech. I, you know, it, they really nice. they spent a lot of time on this package to make it look 3D. It almost <laughs> looks like I can touch the graphic. Sure does. Wow. Isn't that weird? That's wow. you know how, do you know how many like computer entries they had to do just just to make this like a 3D object that that actually. I'm gonna guess. None? Oh, man. It even makes it sense. Was a lot of zeros and ones. You can hear the graphics if, uh-huh, you, yeah. if you listen to that. Isn't wow. that amazing? The wax I'm telling you. Chilling. <laughs> Our graphics department is amazing. Brad Staggs, the wax whisperer. Thank you. Joins us. Thank you. And I just want to point out that I was just actually over at, at, at uh, a coffee place, Starbucks. I'm just going to say it because I like Starbucks. Uh-huh. Um, and somebody uh, came up and they, uh, it was a listener, <laughs> and he said, Wax RX. I swear to you. Uh-uh. It was like, because uh, he, he actually recognized Doc Thompson's voice. Yeah. Oh. He says, I recognize that throat clearing anywhere. And uh, it's Brad. And he, said, and he looked at he said, ah, Wax RX. Uh-huh. <laughs> he said, 
There you go. There it is. See? I have. Your family must be proud. I am telling you. Yeah. You carry that's, around uh, that's awesome. a Wax RX system, right? Oh, you, yeah. I offer you right free there. demonstrations. Because you know you can do anything you darn well please at a Starbucks. You could have just you laid on the table. Oh. You could have just done the whole yeah. deal there. Yeah. Try to kick me out when I'm extracting earwax Thank from you. a patient's ear in Starbucks. I'm a doctor. I will take you to court. Uh, I'm going to say you know, again, <clears throat> when this guy's, you know, the 30-year-old that got mm-hmm. kicked out of his parents' house mm-hmm. by court order, mm-hmm. uh, when his $3,000 runs out from Alex uh-huh. Jones, right? he needs to move into Starbucks. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. It works. Isn't that the perfect place for him? It perfect. is uh, It is brilliant. Yeah. Everybody wins. And yeah. really today, I just want to remind everyone, that if you haven't gotten your tickets to the Rights and Responsibilities Museum, they're still available at MercuryOne.org, and you want to be able to get in here and see, and I, get, I did let the cat out of the bag. That was yesterday, wasn't it? Was it? Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, you did. The, okay, yeah. I wanted to make sure before I said it again, Mount Rushmore uh-huh. in wax. In wax. <laughs> yeah. Seven eights. Don't get people's hopes up. Wait, yesterday it was three-fourths. Is it getting bigger? It, uh, scale. it grew. <laughs> it, people they, are going to be so pissed off at you when they get oh, yeah. here and there's not a, yeah. and a it's only And it's model. only two-thirds scale, I yeah. know. And you've already teased but, Crazy right. Horse next year, so you right. can start working on that one. Wait until you see the microphone made out of earwax. It's amazing. Yeah, no. 3D printed microphone in earwax. Oh. It's absolutely amazing. And it's all possible because of the three step earwash uh-huh. system known as <laughs> Wax RX. And all I'm going to say. When is your tour again? Uh, it is a Saturday. What time? Uh, that's a really good question. Oh, boy. I love that you asked me that question. Five thirty. I yes. With Jeffy, it is five thirty. Thank mm-hmm. you, because yep. I knew that. I was just making sure that you knew that. Yeah, well, you don't know intersects. So <clears throat> exactly. Well, speaking, I'll be out at the intersection out here <laughs> a little bit later on today. Uh, just remember to use promo code radio when you go to usewaxrx.com. Pat Gray Unleashed returns after this on the Blaze Radio Network. is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Chicken too tasty. You know what? We should all take a page out of Justin Durant's book. <laughs> he's the uh, he's a linebacker for the Detroit Lions. He was under fire for eating at Chick-fil-A. Somebody asked him, ah, what if this was about slavery? And he's like, chicken too tasty. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's just great. Didn't get involved in the back and forth. They didn't get involved in the slavery stuff. Just chicken too tasty. <laughs> and then he went on to talk about the chicken and the lemonade. You know, he, For some reason, he left out milkshakes. Maybe as a Detroit Lions linebacker, he's mm. too healthy for a milkshake. I don't know, but he's missing out there. Uh, but Obviously. I love that. If that was a white guy, though, if that was a white linebacker, mm. what do you want to bet? He'd be out of the league already. He'd be out of the league. Be a free agent. <laughs> Jeez. Um, also, we were talking about uh, the salute that Donald Trump gave one of the North Korean generals. The left, of course, mainstream media having a cow about it. And that protocol violation, yeah, you can't salute a North Korean general. Take a look at what happened here. Here's the video. Now, they do a freeze frame on this where it, it looks like, it looks like uh, the general is trying to shake his hand while he salutes. But first of all, he tried to shake the general's hand. The general saluted him. So he went, oh, okay, I was supposed to salute. Mm-hmm. And then the handshake. 
Okay. Even if it was a salute, we have discovered, it's not a problem. The President of the United States can salute whoever he wants. And that includes the North Korean general. It's not a violation of protocol at all. So uh, that's pretty cool. Apparently, um, salutes have been, you know, there's been kind of a discussion about this for a long time. And so uh, Captain Jack O'Donnell of the Marine Corps uh, delivered a speech in 1963, and he was he was telling the recruits that your salute must be impeccable. So if the president salutes, it better be impeccable. That's one thing. And presidents have done this for a long time, but they began returning salutes relatively recently. Ronald Reagan was thought to be the first in 1981. I didn't know that. He had sought advice on the matter from General Robert Barrow, Commandant of the Marine Corps. And he probably did that because, you know, when he gets on Marine One, uh, there's always Marines there waiting for him and they always salute. And so he was wondering, well, should I salute them back or what's the protocol on that? What is what's the thing to do? Uh, According to John Klein, then Reagan's military aide and today a member of Congress from Minnesota, General Barrow told the president that as commander in chief, he can salute anybody he wished. And so it began. Reagan's successors continued the practice. Um, so there you go. <clears throat> so all the media douchebags that are going crazy today. How dare he salute your three jet? He can re- he can salute anybody he wants. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Um, this is kind of interesting because. Former director of national intelligence under Obama, James Clapper, actually said something (laughs) about Trump that wasn't negative. This is good stuff right here. He actually gave him credit for something. And I haven't seen this yet. I'm just told that it happened, and I don't believe it until I see it. (laughs) So let's see it. All right. My observation, uh, certainly when I was there, was the North Koreans were clearly stuck on their narrative and we were kind of stuck on ours. Mm-hmm. And the emblematic of that were the talking points that I was assigned to recite to the North Koreans. First one of which was, you must denuclearize before we'll talk to you. Well, that was a non-starter. So President Trump, to his credit, has changed what? that what? narrative, I think. Wait, and what? in a dilemma like this, only the bigger partner, meaning the U.S., could do that. So... That's a good thing, and we're in the diplomatic lane as opposed to where we were headed, say, six months ago or so. So that, that's a good thing. What? <laughs> Wait. What? <laughs> He's in progressive prison today. Uh, oh. The progressives came. And that's why I haven't seen him on TV today. Put the cuffs on him. Put him in leg chains. How long of a sentence do you think you get for that? Uh, it's life. Obviously, what? It's, it's life. Yeah, Wait, it's life for prison. praising someone from mm-hmm. the other party? Yeah. In fact, they're they're contemplating right now bringing him down and using our guillotine on him in the studio here well and just end him after the just display, end him he's got at least till sunday night I mean, gotta, <clears throat> right right yeah first it. we have to we don't want it bloody while people are looking yeah. that's a little gross but uh <laughs> that's that's amazing wow it's a big man there i have never seen anybody from obama, obama's team i don't think i've ever seen any of them say a good word about President Trump. Well, have you? No, I and mean, once they show him behind bars, you won't hear anything. Again. <laughs> it's true. Make an example. You know, they'll make of him. an example of him, and uh, we'll never hear from him again. 
Which is fine, because at least we heard from him. We got the clip from James Cooper. Yeah. It's nice. So we're good. So. <laughs> but I'm good. I mean, he was completely honest. Completely like, honest. And, 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 you and, never see that. In summary, uh, the Obama administration failed miserably with North Korea. The Trump administration doing a great job. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. Uh, more than kind of. You, you just wouldn't expect that. You would expect him to say... Oh, he's lavishing praise on this guy. He's uh, he's not acting like an American president. This is going to uh, turn out badly for everybody involved. Uh, this man is a brutal, dictating killer. He's giving him legitimacy. Barack Obama never did that. That's what you expect, right? Yeah. Uh, but he didn't. He didn't. It's pretty awesome. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Is this? I, I believe today is the one year anniversary of Steve Scalise being shot, and mm-hmm. the day that we almost lost one tenth of every Republican in Congress. And through the grace of God and some amazing circumstances, which we've talked about before, uh, there was only four people wounded, and all of them survived, and hopefully are going to be completely recovered eventually um so we'll get into that there's a montage video that that looks at the uh at the last year from the time when scalise was shot through his recovery and uh his return to the field tonight pretty amazing also jeffy just around the corner with chewing the fat Pat Gray, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray returns. On the Blaze Radio Network. Should uh, start with a quick correction, I guess. Dang it. This happens oh, a lot. Oh, no. What yeah, happened? Justin Durant is not a linebacker for the Detroit Lions anymore. In fact, well, he's, everyone knows. Everybody knows that, I know. In fact, he's been to Dallas, Atlanta, back to Dallas again, and now he's a free agent. Yeah, he tweeted that out. But he last. tweeted that out during the last big uh, Chick fil A thing. But it's still relevant today, darn it. Oh, yeah. Chicken too tasty. <laughs> so good. When somebody challenged him on going to Chick Fil A, and what if this was about? What if the owner supported slavery? Yeah, uh, chicken too tasty. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So put that like, in your pipe. Stick it. Come on. Okay. Come on. Stick it. I mean, really, all Jack was, and Jack backed off, so you know he can take it someplace too mm-hmm. but uh, he can put it someplace as well jack who dorsey twitter ceo because he's the one that started this oh, that's with the, the guy. back oh. down oh, right that, with the original okay. back down after cnn right that's right soledad o'brien oh this is a sin in lgbtq pride month Ugh. he should have just replied um Shut chicken up. too tasty yes bitch. that should be every you know what oh, everybody <laughs> everybody That's, should be replying maybe you probably like that. shouldn't you know maybe, maybe, maybe not you might have the canceled that one out. Yeah, yeah but you know mm-hmm. <laughs> everything else it's absolutely it's like, agonizing. i would love it if people would just simply just take a picture of you at chick-fil-a 
I almost did and, and that day because I was thinking because they were saying uh, you mm-hmm. know they were talking about uh, boycotting and not going to Chick Fil A. Um, I go by one, two, right. I'm trying. at least two, maybe three Chick Fil A's uh, driving to and from work. A couple I may go out of my way to stop by, mm. and uh, they didn't seem to be hurting. <laughs> the drive-through was backed up. Yeah, thank kind of goes for uh, good, and it, it ticks me off too because that's the same for Starbucks too. Well, Everybody that's was so you're saying they were also Starbucky, and we we're supposed mm-hmm. to give up Starbucks and. The Starbucks I drive by, people are still rode up. Yeah. See, everybody here <laughs> in Texas is full of hate for Chick-fil-A. Oh. Or for, for homosexuals. And so that. that's yes. why they're going to Chick-fil-A. Yes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Another thing, too, I, I know we've talked about it a little bit, but um, on uh, can Donald Trump do nothing good? But, you know, you were talking about his salute with the back to the general of North Korea and everybody throwing a hissy fit. Mm-hmm. And there were even generals, uh, you know, experts talking heads on TV last night on some networks that usually don't say good things about Donald Trump, like ever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he was saying that that's a break of protocol and it's a shame against the country. Uh, Our generals salute our commander-in-chief. He doesn't salute them. And uh, if you look at the video, um, uh, President Trump uh, went to shake his hand. That particular general, colonel, whatever his rank is for Kim, uh, saluted and then handshook. Trump did the same thing. Right back to him, President Trump. The same mm-hmm. thing. It really, looking at it that way, uh, he was saluting our commander-in-chief. I, Kim's yeah. probably mad. What are Might you doing be. saluting him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He could be in a gulag right now. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's possible. It's just unbelievable. So we were talking about um, uh, how good the other day, how good our uh, college education is here in America and how smart they are and how good it is to have uh, college-educated students uh, coming from America because uh, – and we played a video yesterday. You played a video yesterday showing how smart they are coming out of college, wanting uh, uh, white bakers to bake for gay people, but uh, uh, they they don't, they don't have to bake. For, they have to bake for gay people. Well, but job. They don't have to – they, they don't have to bake uh, uh, for black people. I mean, well, they, uh, if a KKK mem- I mean, clan member just, came in – would you do that? Oh, and no. wanted a Klan rally oh, no. cake, the black person wouldn't have to do it. I mean, it. that's just wrong. Yeah, right. Well, you know what? It's in Japan, too. Uh, I watched a video. <laughs> see this video clip of this kid uh, graduating uh, from college in Japan, and he's carrying his uh, <clears throat> the Nikodaki uh, pillow as he graduates. For those of you watching on Blaze Television, um, this is the sad state of affairs that we're in. He wasn't uh, protesting anything. It was just his little... It was his, uh, it was his, his way of coping with life. As he graduates college with his absolutely with his ridiculous, pillow. it's a life size pillow with his with his little Nico Daki pillow for life. I mean, I guess it's better than a support animal. I'm not sure, hmm. uh, but it's sad, and that's where we're at. And perhaps maybe we need to rethink uh, some college educated people in America. Yeah, yeah. He he went up on stage, got his diploma with one hand while he held on to his little life size doll with the absolutely other. Absolutely adorable. Adorable. That's adorable. the word. Mm-hmm. That's the word I was looking for. Adorable. I'm sorry. Exactly. I, man, did I forget all about that? Mm-hmm. So uh if you ever have a problem, uh if you let's say in your life buy oh a drug that's illegal and you're angry and you think you got ripped off. The hypothetical situation, that is a hypothetical. right, Jeff? You think, man, mm-hmm. um I don't think this is good it's not what it was sold to me as um the police will test it for you uh they did uh, for douglas kelly 
uh, Putnam County Sheriff's Office uh, told him, uh, yeah, come on in. Bring it into the sheriff's office. No problem. We'll test it for you. Uh, detectives tested the substance, and it tested positive for Uh-oh. methamphetamine. So he was arrested uh, on possession of methamphetamine uh, without a prescription. Now, he's still in jail, and I love the end of their post uh, where it says, Remember, our detectives are always ready to assist anyone who believes they were misled in their illegal drug purchase. <laughs> but what caught me on this is that I thought, Possession of methamphetamine without a prescription. Did you know you could get a prescription for meth? No. I did not either. Uh, because I am thinking that I may need that. I, I'm going to have to. <coughs> I got a little cough. I might have to see Are a doc okay? or something. But <laughs> they have this. It's called Desoxin. D-E-S-O-X-Y-N. It's a prescription meth drug. They treat. They they prescribe it for ADHD, narcolepsy. It's it's a pill form. It's supposed to be you know the psychologist can do it all. I did not know that at all. It's funny though that the uh, in the original story when I looked it up like prescription for meth and the first story that pops up is uh, if you didn't uh, if you didn't like every other meth user knows there's a prescription for meth. <laughs> <laughs> you can get a prescription for what you can. You can either swallow it or smoke it or whatever. But I just found it interesting that there's actually a prescription for yeah. meth. Yeah. Learn something new every day. I, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, a few years ago, 2015, uh, you remember when we worked in New York and uh, we worked a couple blocks down from uh, Fox News, uh, their network. And in the morning, their morning show always has things set up out front for their morning live shots. And they're doing events and they have bands and they do all kinds of stuff down the street well in 2015 they were uh out uh, training to be lumberjacks uh, <laughs> because they want you know it was such a great thing on flag day uh, which is today by the way i believe is flag day uh here in america and it's flag day again uh mm-hmm. but in 2015 they were celebrating and, and how else do you celebrate flag day in america other than wanting to be a lumberjack but this footage uh, from 2015 shows them <laughs> Throwing the axe and what happened uh, during the uh, during the axe throwing portion. This is the right way to throw an axe. No, it is all tied up. And this was a Fox News exclusive. Fox and Friends co-host Pete Hegseth aiming for accuracy and missing. Who's going to win this battle with the lumberjacks? That's going to be up next. What you didn't oh, see on it is what the axe hit, or should we say who? Drum roll, please. I mean, that could have hit anyone. West Point marching band drummer Jeff Prospery. And nails him hammered hard. by the axe while the other band members kept drumming. Ouch. <sighs> but soon right? after, Prospery was so he being goes interviewed with by the very co-host who nailed him. It's a delight to be here to celebrate. And an even bigger delight to still have both hands. (laughs) On his Facebook page, Prospery posted the cell phone video and called the mishap obvious negligence. I am thankful to God that the double-sided blade only hit broadside on the outer elbow with significant impact and a couple of cuts. He said he was focusing on full physical and emotional recovery. Oh, brother. So, so was he setting up a lawsuit? Absolutely, which uh, they filed. Did they really? Uh, yes, they did. Uh, they did, and uh, he filed it. And Give he, uh, me a break. He sustained. Come on. Ugh. 
He sustained severe and serious personal injuries to his mind and body. Shut up. Some of which, upon information and belief, are permanent with permanent effects of pain, disability, disfigurement, and loss of body function. So what do you got to say to that? Now, Shut up. Disfigurement. I mean, what you'd think that really? And I, if it went through his skull, you might have a case. It didn't. Okay, his army's a drummer. How could he? Yeah, can't even drum. Never, never going to drum again. Uh, did it cut his arm off? And I just missed again. that part. No, or? It did not. But no, it, it did not. It, it, it hit him. Now, I will say that, you know, aside from that, really, I mean, that was kind of a mistake for them not to have some kind of netting. Of course up. it was. And second, right. I mean, they're writing people who got touched on the knee, uh, $20 million checks. Um, perhaps they write, Jeff, uh, say, here's, you know, here's a couple million a sign here. We're done. I'm sure that's what he's thinking. I know. I mean, it's been three years. I mean, he, wow. maybe that's what he's been waiting for, Good. you know, for Fox to say, Gosh. bring me something, bro. Pathetic. I mean, that's I, pathetic. Of Fox, right? That's what <laughs> you mean. Should've, no. He should have <laughs> filed this before they oh, had to yeah. pay through the nose to everybody I know, else. He, I know he screwed. That's the probably coffers why I waited may be long. dry now. I, well, that's probably why I waited a little bit. Let it build back up a little bit. Oh. The uh, that's why you never though. One thing that he got nailed on when he interviewed after, like it was still a pleasure to be here. You know, he wasn't. He was still there. You never. This is a little insurance tip from Jeff Fisher. Uh, after any kind of accident like that or anything like that, no never way. say, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. You never say, oh, I'll be all right. Mm-hmm. I'll be fine. Never. Because you don't know. You honestly don't know. I mean, a week from now, you might, oh, something, oh. Just tell the police oh. what happened. Thank you. You know, this Thank is you. this is what happened, sir. <laughs> Thank you. You never want to say, oh, I'm fine. Don't worry about yeah, it. No editorializing. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with the facts. Thank you. Uh, joy, joy, joy in the world for the bug world, people. Just just for you, Keith. I hate you. Uh, rare sightings of the big bug is underway. Uh, students from bug. Japan and researchers from New Zealand are among scientists and hobbyists flocking to the central New York rare sighting of the cicada bug. Oh, I'm fine. Uh, they are so That's happy fine. to see the cicada, the periodical cicada. Look, you, don't get to see, you only get to see them in Fiji. Uh-huh. Uh, you only get to, every eight years. You only get to see them in northern India every four years. I mean, this is a big, big, big deal um, here in this area. Like every seventeen years. Wait a minute. There's a shell in my backyard last night. One of the kids found. Is it one of these? It could be. Bugs? If you look on the screen, you'll see Let's the picture see. of the cicada. Yeah. Bug. Oh my gosh. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Cool. I mean, they. Uh, this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Big deal to the joy. Are they, to the are they around world. here right now? I don't think Texas? so. I don't think so. Unless that somebody, that, that is a, an illegal cicada in Texas, probably. He got lost. <laughs> that is the exact shell that my kids found. And I just said, oh, it looks like a big June bug thingy. I don't know. Yeah, the big June bugs but, are all over now. But uh, I don't know. Kind of like that now. I see that. <laughs> anyway. Um, also, you know, we've talked uh, at length about the uh, volcano uh in Hawaii, shooting off in the horrors that it's brought the people on the island. But uh, good news, if you're from Ohio, and the uh, the volcano is now uh, giving people a chance to uh, make a little money because it's uh, raining gems. Uh, the rare event that has geologists uh, enthralled, uh, they it grows this beautiful mineral called olivine, hmm. and uh, it turns to dirt 
really quick. So I mean, it's like it's an incredibly common mineral, but it uh, when it carries into the rocks, it just it has this mossy green hue. People are finding it all over, and when you uh, when you take a look at the pick of it, you see that uh, if you catch it in time, huh? before it turns into the tiny sand grains with the lava. Uh, the jewelers can make it into all kinds of jewels, and people are like, uh, cool? They said there's no Thank there. you? No. Oh, there is not? Oh. Okay, well. Here, look. All I can hear is- These shiny gems. Uh-huh. Are we on? Black and white. These shiny gems that you can get from the lava volcano in Hawaii. Nice. Go there now. Mine for them. Hawaii doesn't want you there for them, by the way. It's raining gems. <laughs> Congratulations to Dennis Hoff. Oh, uh, you know Dennis, uh, Nevada's uh, most famous uh, brothel owner. Oh. A lot mm-hmm. of people like to call him a pimp. Mm-hmm. Huh. Me, I just call him a business owner. Just mm-hmm. call him Dennis. Okay. Business owner, it's America. Mm-hmm. Do what you want. Uh, Dennis Hoff, owner of, uh, he's got half a dozen illegal brothels right now in Nevada. And we know from the interview with Heidi Fleiss that uh, he's got one license that he isn't using right now. It's just got it in his safe, just holding it out, waiting to open up another business. Because oh. she was talking about buying it from him and uh, using it for another brothel that she would run. Uh-huh. But uh, he, congratulations to Dennis, because he now defeated uh, hospital executive James Oscarson uh, for the, in, the, uh, in the primary. He's going to face Democrat Lisa Romanov in November, where he'll be the uh, leading Republican uh, Assembly district. He's running for the state legislature, and wow. in November he's running it, man. He ousted the uh, three-term lawmaker this time in the, in the primary. Wow. And I found this fascinating because remember the interview with Heidi Fleiss where she said she was going to use that. Um, he celebrated the win at his uh, Pahrumpf in Pahrumpf, Nevada, Art Bell, uh, with Hollywood Madam Heidi Fleiss at his side. So she's definitely she's going to take over because he said he's going to be downsizing. And so he's going to uh, and, and try to sell off some of his brothels, and she's probably going to take him over. <laughs> but I didn't know that he wrote a book, and we're going to have to cover this book at some length, at some point in my life. So this in my life. guy that runs um, uh, a brothel. Dennis Hoff. Okay. Is, is this close to being in a state legislature? Yep. I mean, the, the two are pretty similar, a brothel and, <laughs> and a government. No question. Listen, he uh, has dubbed himself uh-huh. uh, the Trump of Pahrumpf. And uh, I didn't. I have not read the, his book, but trust me, it will be uh, purchased on Amazon today. Uh, the Art of the Pimp. <laughs> I like it. I want to read this book so bad. It's so good. But he's not the first one. Now I guess there's a. Uh, you know, there was another. There was another guy that ran for office uh, in uh, uh, that, owned, that owned the Mustang Ranch, and he was a county commissioner. That Lance Gilman. So he's not the first one, although. Uh, the last time that Hoff faced off with this uh, with this Oscarson, uh, he lost in oh. 2016. So he's got an uphill battle. Okay, uphill battle to win, but good luck. I mean, good I luck. want that. I want that us to win. I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. Good deal. You no, know, you're fascinated with that story. Uh, you've been talking about it all week. What do you mean? You've been talking about the the pimp from Perump or whatever. Oh, he is. no, no, no. <laughs> that was just uh, Heidi Flies. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. I mentioned it yesterday because I, uh, I read the story yesterday. I thought I'd bring right. it up today. I no, I know. I'm week. just saying. I know you love it. To you know, it's a pimp story, so uh, you're all over it, Jeffy. <laughs> I get it, <laughs> Jeffy. When are you going to run for office? Ooh, ooh. You don't ooh. have any skeletons ooh. or anything like that, uh, yeah. right? I mean, uh, uh, I mean uh, you might be able to uh, in a local race. Any, t- I just anything. You might be able to pull it off uh-huh. with uh, with some mm. with some stuff in the closet locally. 
Mm-hmm. But if you start making news anywhere, anytime, then they start digging around, and we don't want that. <laughs> why not? Why? Why you know, don't I can do, we look, want I can, that? I can I can do more good for my community. That's right, uh, right where you running, are, right, running right where you are. Yeah. Good it point. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> All right. What else you have? Oh, well, I wanted to tell you because this is good news, and and it's well, it's 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 good news. If you're rooting for the Earth to be dead because of the melting of Antarctica is accelerating at an alarming rate. Did you know that? Mm, no. In fact, we had a story that's quite the opposite recently. Oh. Uh, but no, Berkeley, California is rooting for the end uh, of the Earth, by the way. Uh, story we get to three later. trillion tons of ice have been disappearing since 1992. Okay? Wow. In the last quarter century, the southernmost continent's ice sheet uh-huh. melted enough water to cover Texas in under 13 feet of water. So, but okay. we're not underwater. So I think you should, yeah. So. Listen, I want to tell you. Uh, one uh, one scientist said, uh, "Look, this is this is not a formal study that determines uh, human fingerprints on climate change. Uh, it doesn't mean that we should be desperate, but uh, it doesn't mean it's, it's times are desperate. It also um, shows that uh, Twyla Moon, the uh, research scientist at the National Snow and Ice Data Center." Who wasn't part of the stu- of this particular study? Okay, but they, she just quoted in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, said, "Ice speaking, the situation is dire." Okay, it is dire. But okay, I don't think Twyla was reminded of the figures from East Antarctica because this story was about West Antarctica. Okay, East Antarctica hasn't really lost any ice, and has in fact been gaining uh, since two thousand. Is that a big rivalry, kind of like Inner and Outer Mongolia is? East yes. Antarctica yes, it is. West yes, it is. Yeah. They play each other at the end of the year. It's, uh, the, ice, yes. the ice bowl. East, yeah. East Antarctica. And well, it's not going to be able to be the ice bowl now. <laughs> oh, that's right. The water bowl. <laughs> All right. Uh, losing weight. It's tough. Yeah. Right? And yes. If you hit Jeffy's age, it's really tough. Oof. And if you're Jeffy, yeah, it's impossible. Unless. <laughs> unless. You add Riduzone to your process. Uh, With proper nutrition, diet, and exercise, Riduzone can help you lose weight. And what's really tough, it it can help you keep it off. Um, We all all see Sarah uh, Gonzalez on the news and why it matters every day. She was 100 pounds heavier. It's hard to imagine now. But 10 or 12 years ago, she lost 100 pounds. And she still, as we all do, struggles sometimes with cravings. And so she takes Riduzone and that... Helps her keep her mind off food all day long. It's awesome. This will help. It's also safe and natural, which is important to me. Um, FDA-acknowledged dietary supplement. Took the good stuff out of olive oil, the OEA, which has been shown to boost your metabolism and reduce your appetite. If you order Riduzone today and use the promo code PAT, you'll get 30% off a three-month supply. It's Riduzone.com, promo code PAT for 30% off. Riduzone.com. Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Gray is here. 888 900 and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter, uh, evil Bubba Jojo <laughs> tweets, same people who are mad at Trump for the salute. 
are the same ones who say it's okay to kneel during the anthem. Thank you. Really true. Oh, man. Uh, from NT3R National 4L. 4L. <laughs> House of Zock. International. It's okay. International. I see. It's just a clever way to write it. International. <laughs> International House of Zock writes, If Jeff Prospery, that's the drummer from Def Leppard, lost his arm during an axe-throwing accident, he could still play drums for Def Leppard, which would get him into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before Foreigner. <laughs> By the way, Def Leppard's still not in the Rock Hall of Fame either, and that's a Travis Shem mockery as well. Is it really? I and don't think it, so. It is. And from Brent, oh, no. out of shape, do Outer Mongolians comment relentlessly on every outer article about inner mongolian football oh my yes they do like where would you rank their rivalry with byu utah <laughs> <laughs> yeah they would oh they do and i'm gonna tell you something i was on uh, we're only what 70 some days away from uh, yes. college football can't oh, wait gosh i i was seeing uh you we were talking the other day about my following uh missouri and i was like well we're getting it's when we start getting closer then i'll start digging in and we're yeah. in the 70s now away from the start of the season and I, I saw the I saw their post uh, the other day saying eighty days away, a, a few days ago. And so I'm thinking I got to start digging in. I got to see where we're at because we've lost a couple of recruits. There was Missouri one, did. Uh, there was one big time wide receiver that uh, where'd he go? It's at Arkansas. Really? What? Strange. Razorback instead of the Tigers? Yeah. Come on, man. Surprisingly, with their four nine record last year, the Cougars lost a couple of recruits too. Which really? Sucks. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, like, I was a. But now they seem to be picking back up momentum because don't even start with me. You know, do not, you're not you're people not, are psyched I about this I bought into season. you last year, Pat. Buy it again, my friend. One I more time. I bought into you last year. My One friend. more time. I had my heart twelve and zero broken from you last year from B one twelve and zero playoff bound. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Mark it down. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. Save the Put eight. it in your pipe. Whatever. <laughs> Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network. Pat Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Don't forget the museum all weekend. Father's Day weekend. This weekend it starts tomorrow. It's here. Mercuryone.org slash museum twenty eighteen, or just go to mercuryone.org and and click on whatever you're interested in because it's it's uh it's amazing. It's going to be quite a a weekend here they have really remodeled this building and uh it looks really cool i just walked through it myself and they're still putting stuff out there one of the things that i've already taken away is the numbers of millions of people you don't stop to think that have been murdered by evil dictators over the centuries Mm -hmm. and there's items from those eras it's just it's Surreal. Every single millennial, millennial in this country should come to this museum this weekend and see the fruits of socialism and communism for themselves. If yeah. if they were able to see it, because they don't they don't know because it's not taught to them anymore, and they didn't live through those times. So when they think socialism, they think Finland, 
You know, and while Finland's not great either, it certainly isn't what uh, the Soviet Union and communist China were and have done. Uh, everybody knows about Hitler. Hitler was, you know, on the JV team compared to Stalin and Mao. Uh, those guys, Stalin's responsible for 20 million some deaths and Mao 60 million. Yeah. That, yeah. The estimate out there says between 60 and 75 million. That's crazy. It's just, it's crazy. So I wish that all these kids who don't learn this stuff in school uh, could come here and witness it and see the artifacts and see the facts themselves because they're all starting to think, hey, you know, it's, you know, it's hip and cool and really the way to go because of equality and, and fairness, socialism and communism. That's what we should be doing. Which is why 40 or 45% of them think it's great, think it's superior to capitalism. It's painful. It's really painful. And, and these are the people that are inheriting this country. So if you think uh-huh. that, that the system uh, that you love is going to be around forever, take a look at who uh, is being entrusted with it. And um, those that have educated those youngsters. We're in for a rough time if uh, we don't get things <laughs> course corrected ASAP. Yeah, it's kind of chilling. It's kind of chilling to think with the mindset of so many of these kids. Uh, if the surveys are correct, and you see them, you, you see them all the time on the news. We we had that. In fact, we should play it again because it is so powerful. It shows the ignorance of these kids that they've not been challenged in any way. They haven't learned things. They haven't been challenged on things. They haven't been taught a differing point of view by anybody. So all they think of is when they're presented with, uh, for instance, the baker in Colorado or the bakers in Oregon, that they didn't bake a cake for the gay couple. Well, that's just wrong. They should have to. They should be forced to. Well, it's their job. It's a little deeper. It's a little more intricate than that. Uh, but look at the response. Campus Reform went out and talked to students about the the Baker situation. And then he turns the tables on him. Watch this. I think he should have to bake the cake because it's his job. The fact that our Supreme Court found that this was an okay thing, I find appalling. But if his job is to bake a cake for a wedding, yeah. even if he doesn't agree with it, he should still have to bake a cake for that wedding. <laughs> Do you think Jeez. that he should be forced to bake a cake for a gay wedding? Um, I definitely think so. People have a right to eat the cake that they want to eat. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he should have to. He should have to bake the cake because it's his oh, job. Man. If there were an African-American baker and someone came in and asked them to make a cake for a KKK rally, should they be forced to do it? Uh oh. I'm gonna say no. Oh. <laughs> but they're a baker, it's their job, right? Um Well Bro, yeah, no. I mean no, like I mean uh, they shouldn't, uh, but like shouldn't? I guess that kind of just they like shouldn't. contradicts what I just said. As for his sure religion, I think that Pudding. his ability to exercise his freedom of religion ends when that um encroaches on another person's ability to be who they are. What? <laughs> what the hell? What? Okay absolutely no consideration for anybody's god-given rights for the bill of rights for the u.s constitution no thought whatever what's well, her job and people <laughs> i love this one people have a right to eat the cake they want to eat yeah that oh you got me on that one of course that 
that negates the entire First Amendment. Wait, <laughs> I should have thought of the really hardcore American belief that people have the right to eat the cake they want to eat. Oh, yeah, it's the uh, cake, <laughs> it's cake the, eating clause. It's the cake clause. Cake clause. Sorry. It's the cake clause. I, I That's how I have always referred to it. You can call it whatever you want. Yeah, I think because I, I was raised in the South, <laughs> and our curriculum there called it the cake eating clause. Just yeah. a little regional difference there. Well, but um, I came from the mean streets, and we mm-hmm. like alliteration on okay. the mean streets, and so we just call cake it clause. the cake clause. Cake clause. Well, um, but it's an important one, and it's what Jefferson really believed in, and and so did James Madison, and, and they were good friends and confidants, and they Hamilton talked about it all the be, time. Yeah, you had to persuade Hamilton on the <laughs> you cake did, clause. On the, on the cake clause. Because he was just like... <laughs> well, no. But what if the government doesn't want them to make the cake? No. Yeah, so... The right to eat the cake you want mm-hmm. supersedes the right of the government uh, in every case. In fact, I think the cake clause supersedes the supremacy clause, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Is that right? Yes. I can't... I'm David Barton's not yes. in-house. He'll be here later. Um, <laughs> so, uh, what was the last thing that chick said? She said, I think uh, you have a right to practice your religion unless it um, keeps someone from somebody being, from being who, who they are. What the hell is happening? Wait, what? <laughs> you know, the other thing these kids apparently didn't even consider is uh, there's another bakery right down the street. Maybe you go there. No, there's only one in the whole there's United States. There's only one in the entire world. It's in Colorado. World. That's what's so frustrating. <laughs> we have a birthday party for the oldest a few <laughs> weeks ago. And it's like, Couldn't did find you get a cake? cake? And she, Carrie go was Colorado. like, I'm not going to Colorado. I should have remembered the last time we were there to pick one up. It's not convenient at all. So amazing. Because if you, if you watch the Food Network ever, how many cake shows do they have? They've got like 95 cake shows now. Mm. Cake bakers in every city uh, and like 12 deep in every city. It's, it's not like there's a dearth of bakery options you got a lot of places you could go but nope we insist on just taking this christian to task and force them to do something they want it's their job so wrong plus i hate it when people violate the cake clause wow i my personal opinion is if you violate the cake clause the only the only option the only outcome that's acceptable is the death penalty for you Oh, wait. For the violator of the cake clause. Is that part of the cake clause? I think it is in there, yeah. I haven't read the cake clause for about a week, so I don't remember. <laughs> you forgot already? Like, yeah. if there's a death well, penalty for I'm something old, in the Constitution? Keith. I'm getting old. Okay. So. <laughs> uh, Berkeley has declared a climate emergency worse than World War II. Oh, oh, oh no. And they're demanding huh? humane population control. Huh. That's interesting. I don't like the sound of what? this at all. <laughs> <laughs> why are you a hater of the planet? Yeah, well, yes. Okay, I am. That's why. I but thought but so. I but look, I still support the cake clause. Are we still friends? Okay, yes, because okay. the the cake clause supersedes anything, everything. The Berkeley City Council uh, Tuesday night declared what it called a quote climate emergency unquote with more global significance than World War II. And demanded an immediate effort to humanely stabilize population and reverse ecological overshoot. <laughs> gobbledy, gobbledy, gobbledy gook. Why, why, why do city councils waste their time on nonsense like this? 
The resolution, which invokes the global conflict between the Axis and allies, <laughs> charges that Americans bear an extraordinary responsibility to solve the crisis facing the environment. During World War II, the Bay Area came together across race, age, class, gender, and other differences in an extraordinary regional mobilization. Building and repairing Liberty ships, converting car assembly plants into tank manufacturing facilities. A similar effort is necessary today to confront an even greater threat. I'm sorry, confront a what? Confront a what? How can you possibly call this an even greater threat than World War II? Based on what? What what is your what is your evidence that this thing is catastrophic? So so Hitler and Nazi Germany. That's not as bad as okay. what's going on here. Let's make sure I heard that right. They said we can rise to the challenge of the greatest crisis in history by organizing politically to catalyze a national and global climate emergency effort, employing local workers in a mobilization effort, building and installing renewable energy infrastructure. I'm glad the Berkeley City Council is tackling this because this seems like a really big problem for a city council of any kind anywhere. But no, no, these are the ones to fix this. What, what did we say earlier? Think globally. Act locally. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. Thank you, Berkeley. More than 60 million people died, of course, during World War II. Um, but according to the Berkeley City Council, another thinning of the herd might be needed. The resolution notes that Reversing ecological overshoot shoot, and halting the sixth mass extinction requires an effort to preserve and restore half of Earth's biodiversity in interconnected wildlife corridors and to humanely stabilize the population. Now, do they say how they're going to humanely stabilize it? I don't see that in there. The resolution in the ultra-progressive city invokes Pope Francis's comment. That humanity is on the verge of global suicide and God's creation is at stake. But how do we bring about humane population control? I guess birth control is an obvious answer. More abortion is another obvious answer. But we're already doing those. So don't you have to eliminate people currently here? And maybe it should start just to set the example I'm just suggesting it's their idea. Maybe it starts with the Berkeley City Council. (laughs) Maybe they volunteer to be the first to leave this planet. Bye-bye. That's every single buffoon that comes up with this nonsense. That should be our response. Well, that's a really good idea. Why don't you start? You get the ball rolling down the hill, and let's see how it works out from there. Want to? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> so pathetic. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed just around the corner here. You are listening to Pat Gray on the Blaze Radio Network. Radio Network. Apparently, the big IG report's been released now. And everybody's focused on the fact that 
the only seeming revelation in this is that they they did decide Comey broke protocol, not for political reasons, but he he did break protocol. So we'll look into it further. But that seems to be about the only, you know, he made a serious error in judgment in sending a letter to Congress, and that did in fact break protocol. But he didn't do it for, and obviously he didn't do it to help Trump. He no. hates Trump. And we've seen that since. So that's taken a little, taken a little of the uh, wind out of their sails. Let me let me tell let me tell you the biggest news ripple from this that's going to happen mm-hmm. is now you're going to get a fresh Hillary Clinton tour where she will say, I mean, look, the Inspector General's report shows that the FBI deviated from the way they did this investigation, which mm-hmm. is why I'm not your president right now. I can't wait to hear that. It's coming. Uh, let's go to Bill in Kansas. Hey, Bill, you're on the blaze. Hey guys, how you doing today? Good. Um, I just want to make a comment on your uh, when you were talking there about the uh, kids and the socialism, you know the yeah, um, and that uh, it's just that I, I don't think they understand. I think you understand, and Keith understands it, and other people understand it. But a lot of these kids, they're so brainwashed that they don't understand that under the socialism and all that, if everybody's going to be equal, if you, Pat, have 10 apples, and Keith has four apples, mm-hmm. and I have two apples. Apples got to be taken away from you, given to Keith, taken away from him, and given to me. Right. And then I have to right. take my apples and give them to somebody else. Yes. And these kids are talking about they're going to be millionaires. You know, the survey the other day or something that 65% yeah. thought they'd be millionaires within five years. <laughs> you know, they don't, I don't think they understand or they haven't been taught if we're all going to be equal you can't be a millionaire you have to be now the people in power they're going to be millionaires sure and they're close buddies but the rest of us are all going to be supposedly equal yes. so we'll all be driving the same car and the same living in the same house and it's a great point. Uh, it's a great point. Work. Yes. Uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. Their, their ideology is coming in direct conflict with what they believe is going to happen in their lives. It was 52% of them believe they will be millionaires. 52% of millennials think, yeah, we're going to be millionaires and independently wealthy by the time we're 25. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how does that goal jive with socialism and communism kind of doesn't work See, can i use bill's example with the apples mm-hmm. these kids think they're going to be millionaires and they've got a government in place to help them take the apples from those that have more than them these kids have no interest in growing an apple tree and growing their own apples it's so much easier to take a shortcut with the government's assistance just take yours just take them yeah just take them from others right like if I have too many apples, just take them from me. I don't need. I don't need all of those apples. Yeah, I'm a nobody little, needs all that. Little pissed at you for having ten apples in this scenario. I only have right? four. So I thought it was a good thing. You did? Yeah, I did. I I liked it, but of course, no. I'm an evil capitalist, and so I believe that I worked my whole life for those ten apples. Tell you what. I deserve the 10 apples because I earned them. I know which way you go home. Mm-hmm. And I'll be helping myself to some apples a little <laughs> bit later on. So, All right. Okay. Or I could just grow my own apples. What, that, what a concept it, that, that is. It takes too long. 
takes too long. I, I want I want instant gratification. It really, that's the difference between capitalism and socialism. Socialism, and now you got to take my apples and give them to Keith, and then Keith gives them to Bill in Kansas. Whereas capitalism is like, no, plant your apple tree and grow your own. Just grow your own apples. Well, you got a bigger piece of the... I don't know about this apple thing, but what about the big piece of pie you just took? That leaves me with less pie. Now, start a bakery and uh, bake your own pie. How about that? Well, what if that... That's what capitalism does. Bakery doesn't make cakes for gay weddings. Then we got a problem. Well, yeah, then you have to shut them down and yeah. penalize them. And th- but then that's the last bakery, mm-hmm. Pat. Yeah. So see, there's a... It's quite a few bakeries, actually. Okay. So. Um, gun control activists are planning a big die-in at Disney. Ugh. Won't that be fun? That's going to be so nice. <laughs> I... I love it. If I was, if I had just brought my family of, you know, all me, my wife, all my kids, we got eight people at Disney. We just paid a fortune to get there, <laughs> I know. and another fortune to get the tickets, the all-day passes, mm. and another fortune to uh, stay at a hotel room there. Mm-hmm. You know, what is that going to cost? It's going to cost you between five and $10,000 probably. So what I love when I've done that is to have to put up with a freaking die-in when I'm there. I would be so pissed off. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, I'm not planning a trip to Disney right now. Mm-hmm. That's because I took all your apples from you. You can't afford it now. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, so they're they're doing this die they just did the stupid Publix die-in and now they're doing the uh the Disney World die-in cuz this is really the way to uh, win friends and influence people is to piss them off when they're on vacation yeah there's not a lot of info apparently there's now a national die-in twitter account and they've been hinting that they're can going to can you guess where up. we're going next <laughs> No, you little bastards. I, I don't care where you're going. Stop it. You know what? Go, Stop doing this. Go back to your parents' basement. Why don't you do that? That's where you should go. That would be nice. I don't, we don't want to put up with this stuff in the NFL. We don't want to put up with it at Disney World. It's so ludicrous. And, and I think, you know, there's a lot of attention seekers in this movement. They love the attention they're getting right now. And so this is a way to get more attention. The talk is starting to die down. CNN and MSNBC are less interested now in putting David Hogg on uh, on their shows every single day. So he's found a new way. Now I'm going to do die-ins and piss people off and it'll make news. All right. Whatever. Jeez. Meanwhile, um, Adam Putnam's office in Florida... Keep in mind, this is where the the Parkland shooting happened, where 17 kids were murdered in that school, and where the activists sprung up. Well, Adam Putnam, the Office of Inspector General Investigation, just found that uh, that Commissioner Adam Putnam stopped using an FBI crime database called the National Instant Criminal Background Check System that ensures applicants who want to carry a gun don't have to don't have a disqualifying history in other states. Now they couldn't and didn't check into those backgrounds for a year because they couldn't log in. 
For more than a year, the state of Florida failed to review national background checks on tens of thousands of applications for concealed weapons permits, potentially allowing drug addicts or people with mental illness to carry firearms in public. Why? Uh, They couldn't log into the website. Where are the Parkland kids on this? Okay, stop coming after the rest of us and our guns that we have legally obtained and we're never going to do anything illegal with them. And why don't you go after Adam Putnam's office? The employee in charge of the background checks couldn't log into the system. The problem went unresolved until discovered by another worker in March 2017, meaning that for more than a year, applications got approved without the required background check. <laughs> Just, hello? I mean, that's the system they want in place, right? Um, yes. Yes, the background. If you can't log into the system, the background checks do you no good. You could write down the password, <laughs> maybe. Keep it somewhere. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the news. Again, it's so irritating and asinine and insane that every single day you're like, okay, how do we survive this? How do we survive stupidity like this? Huh. And this is kind of like... Reminds me of the uh, the password showing up on the screen in Hawaii. Remember that the the whole uh, oh, yeah. warning system failure. I mean, when yeah. you put government in charge of something as complex as remem- remembering a password, good things happen. Mm-mm. Good things happen. That's why you want the government in control of almost everything. Sure thing. You want them in control of uh, background checks. Obviously, you want them in control of uh, our taxation. You want them in control of uh, our healthcare system. And look at how well all of those things, they're like well-oiled machines. Have you ever heard of a problem with the IRS? Have you ever heard of a problem with uh, Obamacare? No. No, because the government runs everything so well. We've talked about this before. What runs better? Which would you rather go to? A public swimming pool? Or a private swimming pool? A public-run bathroom? Or a private bathroom in your own house? Gosh, I don't know. The public bathrooms are really usually quite pleasant. (laughs) You eat your dinner off of the floor of those places most of the time, couldn't you? Uh, And yet, that's where our little millennials are headed. Toward uh, more government control of absolutely everything. 888 More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray, the Blaze Radio Network. Unleashed. 888-900-3393. A uh, judge has ruled that you can't take 
They've, they've, he's blocked uh, Chicago suburbs gun ban hours before it took effect. Uh, the anti-gun ordinance passed by the Chicago suburb would have gone into effect uh, today. It was essentially a gun ban, and there were no exceptions. It's either turn them over, move out of the town, or risk facing a $250 to $1,000 a day non-compliance fine. Wow. That was in Deerfield, Illinois. The village had banned the ownership of so-called assault weapons. We talked about this uh, being in the works. And it actually meant AR-15 rifles and any other firearm that had a detachable magazine capable of holding 10 or more rounds. That's what they define as, a, as an assault weapon. But a judge just blocked the ban um, on the assault in high-capacity magazines in this small town of Deerfield less than 24 hours before it was supposed to kick into gear. So you're saying that a judge blocked, blocked something it. and it was can a you, good thing? Can you believe it? Because normally that, that doesn't explosively happen. works the other way. Uh, so maybe Jules at the beginning of the show was right. Maybe mm. we should have some optimism. Mm. Here's somebody with a little bit of common sense and a little concern for the uh, U.S. Constitution. Proposed ballot initiative in Oregon, though, would force AR-15 owners to register their rifles with the state, or they could destroy them, or you can surrender them to the authorities. We're, I mean, we're giving you all kinds of choices. Seriously. Yeah, you got choices, Americans. What do you want? You know, yeah, we're not oppressive you just can't have your gun and you can decide what to do with it though how to get rid of it they would also have the option to transfer them out of the state boulder colorado also passed a law banning high capacity magazines and these so-called assault weapons within the city limits so i mean this movement this effort spreading all over the country right now it's just a matter of will common sense prevail will the u.s constitution prevail will people stand up and demand that uh, the constitution be followed or um will their rights be trampled i don't know time will tell though that's for sure um we actually now have the full report on the uh comey investigation you know the ig report that we've been waiting so with such breathless anticipation yeah, for it. It was kind of annoying uh, earlier today how many um, reminder alarms you had going off in here. Well, I've, I've just been so excited about this report, mm-hmm. Keith. I just couldn't wait to hear what the outcome was going to be. I've been in rapturous <laughs> anticipation. I know. It was your phone. It was a year. Your My pocket, iPad. Your iPod, you had a mm-hmm. pocket watch. I, I even got even... an old school pager so they could page uh-huh. me when the news came out. <laughs> And all that stuff started alarming at the same time. It was mm-hmm. a little disconcerting. But what they've decided now is that, uh, and we've already heard this information pretty much, James Comey was insubordinate in handling the probe into Hillary Clinton, damaged the Bureau and the Justice Department's image of impartiality, even though he wasn't motivated by politics. Well, now, in the case of Hillary Clinton, he probably wasn't, because I, I don't think he was against Hillary Clinton at all. He hates Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, the report doesn't deal with the origins of the probe into Russia and their meddling in the 2016 election and possible collusion with those people around Donald Trump. Um, but 
allies in Congress were primed to seize on it as evidence of poor judgment and anti-Trump bias, and they've denied that that really existed. Horowitz said that the five FBI officials expressed hostility toward Trump before his election as president and disclosed in his report to Congress on Thursday that their actions had been referred to the Bureau for possible disciplinary action. One example cited was in exchange of texts between FBI officials Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. Uh, Page questioned whether Trump would become president. Strzok replied, no, no, he's not. We'll stop it. Uh, you know, and then, of course, you can make what you will out of that. Did you mean by voting against him? Or did you mean some other way? Under those circumstances, Horowitz said, we didn't have evidence that Strzok's decision to prioritize the Russia investigation over following up on new evidence in the Clinton case was free from bias. So they didn't have confidence it was free from bias. So isn't that saying that it was biased? Yeah. (laughs) In favor of Hillary. So that part doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? That there's your there's your political motivation right there. I did see uh, where Comey was using a Gmail account to do official FBI business. Huh? Huh? Interesting. That is interesting. Wonder what that is. That about. also illegal. It, I it should probably. Be. It's a government job. Use your government resources. So instead of political bias, uh, the inspector general called it extraordinary and insubordinate for Comey to conceal his intentions. Intentions. Um, so I don't know that anything's going to come of this. He said, we did not find that those decisions were the result of political bias on Comey's part, but by departing so clearly and dramatically from FBI and department norms, the decisions negatively impacted the perception of the FBI and the department as fair administrators of justice. Yeah, big deal. So it hurt the image of the FBI. No, not exactly a crime. Not exactly earth-shattering. Really for either side. And it's interesting because everybody on the left wanted this to be about the Russian collusion with, with Donald Trump. Everybody on the right wanted to find that, uh, no, your Comey had political motivations against Trump. Horowitz examined actions taken by top officials before the election, including the handling of the investigation into Clinton's use of, pri- of a private email server as Secretary of State. Then the inquiry expanded to touch on an array of politically sensitive decisions by officials, including uh, Comey and former Attorney General Loretta Lynch. I, I, when did she leave the Grand Old Opry? I'm still confused by the fact uh, that she's not doing her country music stuff anymore? I mean, is she just too old and she retired and went into politics here? Is that what happened? Yeah. I, she never, when did she become attorney general? Right, she never bothered me when she was a musician. Yeah, I didn't really but care. It's when she Loretta got, Lynch could do whatever she wanted as yeah, a musician. Yeah. I don't like country music, but yeah. I know there are some who do. And then she got involved with so. the Obama administration and just... <laughs> hold on. I'm getting it ruined everything. The other room is telling me we're confused on somebody. Well, yeah, we're confused by when Loretta Lynn yeah. changed from a country music star yeah. to attorney general. Mm-hmm. Very confused yeah, by that. That's obviously confusing. Mm-hmm. Attorney General uh, Jeff Sessions said in a statement that John Huber, U.S. attorney based in Utah, who's referring reviewing allegations of FBI bias and wrongdoing, quote, will provide recommendations 
as to whether any matter not currently under investigation should be opened, whether any matter matters currently under investigation require further resources, or whether any matters merit the appointment of special counsel. I tell you, we just, I mean, this just keeps stretching on and on and on, and nothing is ever solved by it. Have, has anything been settled for anybody? Is there any kind of news that we can grasp and really sink our teeth into on this stuff? This is why I've basically ignored the Mueller investigation. I don't think anything's going to come of it on either side. And it just keeps going on and on and on. It's agonizing. But I do have some good news for you. Oh, goody. I don't know if it's news. It's just more of a feel-good moment. I'll take take anything we can get at this point. Right? (laughs) After being beaten down pretty relentlessly this week. Here's something that happened. Uh, Joseph DeVito, who is a Staten Island resident and a huge fan of Robert De Niro, to the point where the guy had a Robert De Niro, like, picture, photo that was framed, put into glass, and hung on his wall. I mean, the guy's a huge, huge fan of Robert De Niro. Well, then came the other night when he was at the Tony Awards, when Hollywood took the night off from raping each other and instead decided to celebrate raping each other, I guess. And some of the achievements that they did in between raping each other at the Tony Awards. (laughs) (laughs) His first thing out of his mouth is, I got one thing to say, F Trump. And then they got the standing ovation. So that apparently pissed off Joseph DeVito. Okay, Uh, Take a look at what he did afterwards this used to be my idol i used to love this guy robert de niro Mm -hmm. but after what he did last night at the tony's this is where robert goes Uh okay where's he going uh going outside to the garbage can and this is where you're going dropped it in the garbage can (laughs) and this oh wow is what we think of you now break it up with a hammer. <laughs> Taking the uh, picture of De Niro out. You're a out. real piece of... <laughs> <laughs> Ripping it up. Hey. He tore it into shreds. Ooh, I'm glad he didn't cut himself. I know. Another Trump hater down. <laughs> Another Trump hater <laughs> down. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, the picture of another Trump hater, hater went down. Uh, the man himself still flying high in Hollywood. But that mm-hmm. felt good. Mm-hmm. Not just, dang it, that feels good. Thank you. And obviously, like a New Yorker who loved the guy. Over there. Over there. <laughs> you talking to me over there, huh? Like, I love Robert De Niro over there, but look where you go now. You're going into the trash heap. That's where. Talking to me, Robert? You ain't talking to me. And you ain't talking to my president over there. Uh, so he called him a real piece of uh, something. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I remember the audio uh, dropped off there. It was yeah, weird. it did. It was, it was weird. So we'll never know. You're a real piece of stuff over there. Uh, I love it. That was fun. I love it. Felt good. Especially when a guy from Staten Island, there's not a lot of conservatives, uh, not a lot of Republicans in that area, and uh, there is one. So that's that was fun. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. More Pat Gray Unleashed coming up. Pat Gray. 
Unleashed. The Blaze Radio Network. Gray returns. 888-900-3393. We have uh, transformed our studios. By we, I mean, not me, but somebody did. A whole bunch of somebody's did. Uh, but we're really excited to see you this weekend at the Rights and Responsibilities Museum. Uh, it starts tomorrow. It goes through Father's Day, Sunday. And it's going to be different than the others we've had. We've, I mean, this has been a fully immersive experience alongside the collection we're we're showing we're providing additional context and experiences to tell the bigger story about what was happening at any of these given times tickets are on sale you can uh, go to mercuryone.org and then click on museum 2018 for more information and to buy your tickets there's general admission tickets available as well as private tours uh, I don't I don't know that I have an official tour scheduled because uh, I'm heading off on vacation this weekend. So uh, I'll only be here tomorrow. But right after the show, I'll certainly come out and meet who's ever here. But Stu is doing a, a tour. Glenn, of course. Doc, Jeffy, Brad. Uh, Doc Thompson will be doing one at noon tomorrow. And I'm sure he'll be really obnoxious and probably bring everybody in here. Uh, Glenn is doing one... Uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, and then another one at 9. Stu and Jeffy's tour is Saturday at 11.30. And Jeffy and Brad Staggs, Saturday at 5.30. Then you got Brad uh, David Barton, who has so much knowledge on all of this stuff. I mean, the guy talks so fast and still can't get all the information in. You're just like in overload. It's, Whoa, <laughs> wait, what did you just say? So it's going to be a great experience. If you want to do a uh, David Barton tour, there's three of those. Tomorrow at 2.30, Saturday at 7.30 p.m., and then Sunday Father's Day at 3.30 in the afternoon. So you're going to see that, you know, before men had rights, the world was a tough place, you know, of blood and mayhem. Come join us for this really special event because we're looking at the, what the world was like uh, when tyrants ruled the day. And so it's going to be nice to see how America came to be. And it just helps you appreciate you and your family. Hopefully you're bringing your kids so that they can be immersed in this, this experience as well. And also see how, you know, w- what kind of rights we have that are so unusual in the history of this planet. Just doesn't happen. It's never happened before. Where men have had the rights that we do, and we take it for granted sometimes. I mean, those rights are just so delicate, which is why when we see videos like the campus reform one with the college kids, yeah, they're just like, well, you should be forced yeah. to bake a cake because it's your job. I mean, just completely <laughs> right. blowing right by the right to a freedom of religion. I know it's squashing your rights uh, as a religious zealot, but hey... The, the people who come in should have the right to be who they are and eat the cake they want. 
I mean, that's why Wait, we're terrified. What? That's why we're terrified by this stuff. Because <laughs> on yes. a good day, our freedoms are hanging in the balance. And then this. Uh, that's why I'm hoping there's there's going to be some millennials that see this museum. Because it shows what comes of oppression. It shows what comes when you don't have the rights that we do. And it helps you appreciate this country even more. You know what else is really fragile is this planet. I mean, it just can't take anything. Um, I guess... Our creator didn't see SUVs coming. See, you know, he was tricked. He didn't know he's going to do. So he didn't. He didn't create a planet that was durable enough to handle people driving around to and from work and on vacation in SUVs. And how could the creator foresee cow farts? Right. I mean, you would have the known methane. That. I mean, if he would have known what that did to the atmosphere, I'm sure he would have made sure that they didn't tinkered with the cow a little bit more before right. he put them into the assembly line. Right. It's ludicrous that people believe that stuff. We're not that delicate. The earth. Remember when the ozone layer had holes in it and that was the big deal? Mm-hmm. We're all going to be burned to a cancerous crisp because there's a hole in the ozone now. Then what happened? Uh, it was self-repairing. The ozone layer healed. Um, so you don't hear about the ozone anymore. Except unless there's an ozone warning because there's so much pollution in your area. But nobody's talking about ozone holes anymore. No, they're not. And eventually, years from now, they won't be talking about global warming anymore because they will have seen none of your dire predictions came true. Well, what about the melting of Antarctica? Oh, no. Yeah. Keith, this is accelerating at an alarming rate. Who's alarmed? Everybody who knows about it, at least you should be. Well, people like you who hate the planet are not alarmed, That's but everybody true, else is. Because I do hate the planet. But get this. Okay. Three trillion tons of ice have disappeared since 1992. Three trillion tons. So to get that in pounds, you'd have to multiply three trillion by 2,000. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what that number is. I don't know. that You can know that. Number. I don't. It's unknowable. It's yeah. an unknowable number. See? Go ahead, put it into your computer or your calculator. See if you come up with an answer. You won't. Nobody can. In the last quarter century, the southernmost con- continent's ice sheet, a key indicator of climate change, melted into enough water to cover Texas at a depth of 13 feet, scientists have calculated. <laughs> Strangely, though, nobody was drowned by that water. I mean, that's a lot of water. That is a lot. And where is it? Where's not, the catastrophe from it? It's not here. I mean, we're 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 near drought. We All that. Use it. But here's the thing: what? all that water made the oceans ac- around the globe rise by three tenths of an inch. <laughs> well, it's time for Obama to give back his Nobel Peace Prize because he failed clearly. <laughs> Every time I go to the ocean, I I I ask my wife. Doesn't doesn't that look like about three tenths of an inch deeper than it was, higher than it was, like a wow. few years ago? You are. Keen. She's like, no, I was thinking about five eighths. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No, <laughs> I'm saying three tenths of an inch because because <laughs> you're I'm on scared. top of this stuff. I'm yeah. If it was five eighths, that'd be even worse, and I'd really be afraid. From 1992 to 2011, Antarctica lost. Nearly 84 billion tons of ice per year. From 2012 to 17, the melt rate increased to a 241 billion tons a year. 
And according to California Irvine's Isabella uh, Velicona, mm-hmm. I think we should be worried. That doesn't mean we should be desperate, but we should be worried. Oh, okay. So, I mean, that's... I'm not worried or desperate. No? No. <laughs> really not. Okay. Well, then clearly you hate the planet, too. They're ignoring uh, the other side of the continent where they've added... Have you found that number yet? Because nope, we just had this story a few no, weeks ago. And in fact, I was looking and... You want to talk about... All they're talking about is this story. Albert. Yes, that and mm-hmm. Google skewing the searches. Trust me, me off. this is really out of hand on that. It It's so irritating. Anytime you want to go back to a story that you saw and you think, okay, what was that exact figure? Mm-hmm. You can't find it because it's just filled with global warming nonsense. But it was something like 600 billion tons of ice have been added to the other side of the continent. So while you have melting maybe on one side, you've got freezing on the other. I, it's just well, we'll get this. There's a story. Um, uh, Greenland adds 12 billion tons of snow and ice in a single day, enough to cover 275. Um, sorry, 20, 27.5 Manhattans. Just one day in, in of a, snow and ice. How much is that in a day? Uh, hang on, this thing is so wonky here. Yeah, 275 Manhattans worth of snow and ice added a in day? one single day. In one single day, back in February in Greenland. Jeez. 12 billion tons. Uh, that seems like a lot yeah, to me. Maybe. I, you know, maybe I don't understand what a lot is, but that, you know, to my untrained mind, seems like a lot. Okay, I think this, uh, here, well, actually, this is a story from a few years ago. NASA says Antarctic ice increasing by 135 billion tons a year. That was NASA reporting that. In what year? 2015, this report came out. How did that slip by the Obama censors? And then all of a sudden, now it's the complete opposite? Mm. Come on. And then, you know, they they won't even talk about the the North Pole and Al Gore's prediction. And... And some of the models some of the models suggest to, suggest to Dr. Dr. Malowski that there is a 75%, 75% chance that, that the entire, entire North Polar, North ice, cap polar ice Cap during summer, summer during some, some of the summer of the months summer could month be completely, completely ice-free, ice-free within the next five to seven years. <laughs> within the next five to seven years. Or... Maybe nothing like that will even occur. And that's pretty much what happened. Nothing like Dr. Maslowski's prediction happened. <laughs> I tell you, I don't know how they get away with this scam, but I'm really tired of it. 888 Use that number tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. And don't forget the museum this weekend. If you can make it, please do. You won't regret it. Gray Unleashed on the Blaze Radio Network.